This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by On, the legend leveled up. With more support, more comfort, and more cushioning for more fun on every run, meet the new Cloud Runner 2. From toe to heel, each element of the Cloud Runner 2 is designed to support your foot during movement. A plush tongue means total comfort and easy step in, while a durable heel clip helps to lock in extra stability and support. Visit on.com or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today. episode number 328 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Um, Big day in the world of running today with the shattering news of the passing of Calvin Kiptum, the men's world marathon record holder, which we're going to get to straight away and discuss that. Welcome my co-host up in Canberra, the best Australian running analysis in the game. Bradley Croker, how are you? Uh, I'm all right, Brady. Not sure about that. Uh, um... I think you are. I think you are. I was thinking about today, Croaks. Oh, um, speaking of today, Brad, did you get into the Super Bowl? I did. First time I've ever watched an NFL oh. match. Went forever, didn't what? it? Just had it on the tough, background while I was working. Tough day to be on the chalk when the Super Bowl's on because it's a bit like the Melbourne Cup where the media just hype it up so much that nobody, nobody or most people out there don't watch a game of NFL throughout the season and then they're all experts on the Super Bowl day. And it's like game goes for so long, it takes up pretty much the whole school day. And so the kids are like glued to, you know, live scores and stuff like that. So, yeah, tough day on the chalk when the Super Bowl's on. Yeah. Do you guys watch it in class? Do you let them? No, no. I'm like, I'm trying to teach algebra and uh, they're like trying to watch the Super Bowl on their on their computers. Yeah, good yeah. luck with that. <laughs> Welcome to our other co-host, Ali Pashley's back. She, uh, this will be the last time we hear from her before Osaka Marathon, which is in, what, 12, 13 days? Welcome to you, Ali. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Good to be back again. Good to hear your voice again. Uh, where were you when you heard the Calvin Kipton news today, Ali? Uh, I was sitting having a coffee in the kitchen and I got a message from you, actually. Oh, that was the first <laughs> Saying... time you'd heard it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I hadn't been, I mustn't have been on my phone and then I saw your message come through and initially I didn't like, well, you said pretty clearly what had happened, but I then went and did some research because, yeah, I, you know, when you first see a sentence like that, I thought, oh, mm-hmm. surely he doesn't mean he's died, surely something else has happened, but yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, I was the same. Like, I first article I got sent, it was like it said supposedly had passed away in a car accident, and I was just like, okay, supposedly, 
that's not black and white. I'm going to dig further. And then my phone just kept pinging. Like, and then, yeah, when I went to Twitter and saw like reparable news agencies tweeting about it as well, I was like, oh my God, this is true. Um, I'm still like, so we're recording this Monday. We heard the news today. Still kind of hasn't sunk in yet. Guys, a bit of shock. Just like, yeah, rattle me big time. What about you, Crocs? Yeah, so I was at school and um, same thing, Brady. You messaged our group um, with like a link from like track and field fanatics and like I'm not sure how reputable that sort of source is so um yeah early on you're like oh is this just one of those sort of fake news articles um and then yeah obviously it was oh then I went to like 9msn or whatever um and there was an article there uh, on like wide world of sports um that yeah which was obviously then confirmed so yeah it was like I was definitely thinking about it a lot at school um just because, yeah, we spoke about it off air that, you know, what I was looking forward to in 2024, one of the, the, the main thing was like the showdown in Paris between Kipton and, and Kipchoge. And like, I really felt like Kipton was just going to, um, yeah, hand it to, to Kipchoge. Um, but yeah, and like, it sort of reminds me a little bit, and I'm not sure whether how invested you guys were in running back in 2011, but um, Sammy Wenjuru, mm. um, he died in 2011, yeah. and he was also 24. Um, like he didn't die in a car accident; it was like falling off a balcony, trying to run away, like as part of like domestic abuse type stuff. Um, but yeah, they sort of live pretty fast and loose over there, and, and and like comparing them as runners, like they were both very similar in like very very exciting. Like Sammy Wenjuru's Olympics in 2008 when he went from the gun in hot conditions in Beijing ran 206 when the world record at the time was 204 like it was probably goes down as one of the best races ever and so there's a lot of similarities there with like obviously died at 24 both super exciting um, runners and um, still had a lot of their career left yeah you're spot on like it's just they're so aggressive the way they raced and it was almost like this shouldn't be happening like this and every time we've seen Kipton um, since his debut at Valencia in 2022, it was just like, this isn't not how you're meant to race these mm. things. Like, it's just that sense of this is unbelievable. How can he do it? Um, there were obviously questions around him as an athlete, and now probably things we'll never know the answers to. But, yeah, I was the same. I kind of thought he was so entertaining for the sport. Mm. Having someone who really didn't follow that script, even the fact that he was going to Rotterdam and not going to do the World Marathon Majors, and he just didn't seem to... I don't know, care. Mm. I don't know, it was just this, I've always called him the bad boy marathon runner because yeah. I thought he was just like this loose unit who was just entertaining for our sport and, and a bit unscripted and a bit rough around the edges. And um, yeah, I think it's a huge loss for the marathoning world um, that he is no longer with us. Yeah, 100%. There's sort of some kind of like invincibility with people like that too, isn't there? You, you just don't think something like that would happen to him I remember it's sort of like when Kobe Bryant died in the helicopter accident and it was just yeah it's just it's you just never expect it to happen to just like those you know best in their sport athletes it's yeah just crazy in saying that though like when I heard the news today I'm like of course it's Calvin Kipton like it's just for some reason it was just like he's that like all over the place that if someone one big name marathoner is going to die young at 24 I was like it was going to be him. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, mm. yeah, just, I don't know, just wildness about him, I suppose. 11 o'clock, driving with his coach when they, uh, yeah, ran off the road in a single vehicle accident 
in between two towns. I don't have those written in front of me at the moment, but yeah, super saddening news. Yeah, yeah, it's um sort of left a hole in that whole merit. Like, you know, Kipchoge had been so dominant for so long and then this sort of guy came out of the woodwork and it's like, well, one, not only were we going to see them race each other, but he's a guy that was potentially going to break two hours on like a legit um, like marathon course. And it's just like, well, how long now do we have to wait until we see a talent like him that's going to come out on debut and run like 201? Yeah, I think yes. that was locked in. I was like, this is locked in for sure in 2024 that we see the first sub two. Mm. Yeah. What do you think Kipchoge, uh, how do you think Kipchoge feels about it all? Uh, I I kept checking his Instagram today. Like people already like called first up, people are commenting on his post saying like rest in peace, like they thought he was the one who died. So no. there's a bit of confusion there. But yeah, I was waiting because remember he copped some shit when he never congratulated him on breaking the world record. And even I remember like Nike stance when he broke the world record wasn't like hugely like celebrated. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see how the running world and the elite running world kind of reacts. Yeah. But his job gets a whole lot easier at um at Paris now, doesn't it? Well, the king's the king's back, king's alive. Yeah, but it would have been good to see him head to head. Oh, because they never did race head to head. So I know you. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I was probably most looking forward to at the Olympics this year, along with um probably the men's fifteen hundred, like just the depth, like yeah, anybody can win that race on their day. Um, and I think the other thing was yeah, who's going to make the uh, Australian women's marathon team? That's, they're probably they're the top three, I think. Yeah, we were talking about that tonight, Crokes. Other things we'll be talking about tonight, massive uh, results out of the Adelaide Invitational. Milrose Games happened, some fast times there, Australian records. We got world records to talk about, some drug, big drug bust news as well. I did say to our parkrun news, some controversial stuff coming out at parkrun. Did say to Ali uh, yesterday, it's a big show to fill in when you got these kind of topics to hit tonight. So, um, yeah, Ali, a massive thanks for being here. Stay with us for the next 90 minutes, listeners, because we'll be able to take you through all of it. Should we go through some weekly recaps, Croaks? you want to start first or you want to give to Ali? Um, I don't mind. Ali, you can go. You're the one that's um, training for something important. Star of the show. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so this was my – so we're three weeks out from the marathon, so last solid week before really backing it off. So uh, just uh, nine, nearly 10 Ks on Monday morning. And then Monday Arvo, I was on the treadmill. So this was also my last week of heat. Um, oh, so, sorry, sorry, Ellie, can I just, before you get too far into your week, do you want to just um, maybe recap that Sunday at Albert Park from your perspective and maybe, because everyone's heard about, about sort of what that session was. Did you do the same one, the 8642? Yeah, yeah, we did the 8642. So, do you want to read the cap? Is uh, how that went? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so that went well. Um, I ran with, I had Will and Kieran doing the same session too. So, we basically, our plan was just to run it at goal marathon pace. Uh, and yeah, it was a beautiful morning. Got a bit warm later in the day, but it was pretty good while we were running, really, wasn't it, Brady? Yeah, I think just Didn't after sort the cool day. I felt hot after the cool yeah. down, but other than that, I never really I felt like the sun was on us, but I didn't feel like I got super hot while we we're doing the workout. Yeah, no, nah, it was pretty good. So we, um, unlike the others, we didn't progress ours really. We basically just sat on the same pace. So we went 322s for the 8K, 323s for the 6K, 322s again for the 4K, and then 
Oh, 320s for the last 2K. So that got a little bit quicker. Um, but that was mostly just because Kieran dropped me and Will. And so I was just trying to sort of keep him within reach without running too far above the uh, pace range that Jules had given us. So he'd sort of said at the start, just 322 to 325s, try and sit in there the whole time. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Like I felt quite good on the day. I've been having a bit of trouble. I don't know if I talked about this last time I was on. I've been having a bit of trouble with stitches uh, in this block. And I did get a stitch during this session. I think it was maybe in the 6K rep. Uh, but I was able to get rid of it, yeah, sort of through the second half of that 6K. And then by the end of the float, it was gone. And then it didn't come back through the 4K, which was good. Um, so, yeah, that's been something I've been – I've probably had it three or four times in marathon workouts. Um, so, yeah, I've got a few – things I'm using to try and deal with that but it hasn't like so far each time it's come on I've been able to get rid of it without having to drastically slow down or to you know stop and get rid of it or anything like that so that's sort of uh yeah gives me a bit of confidence that if it happens in the race I should be able to deal with it how you get how you deal um, with it Ali during the workouts um so during the workouts so I actually well I messaged Brett Robertson because I remember he'd told me that he had this breathing strategy that he uses so he uses a um a like technique where he does two breaths in and then a forceful breath out and I know in the past Jules had told me to breathe out forcefully years and years ago I had a bit of trouble with stitches for a while and then I haven't really since but yeah so I've been doing that and then I actually got some treatment as well last week um through my abs and my obliques on my right side which I'm pretty tight through my right obliques and then my back as well so my thoracic spine's been really stiff so I just got uh her to smash that area and then I've just been doing thoracic mobility stuff and I actually feel I feel heaps better this week I haven't had any trouble with it since that Sunday so hopefully that helps yeah too but yeah but it doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be um related to nutrition it seems to be more as I fatigue, I think, and my form goes, like, becomes a bit poor. And I'm, I am naturally sort of quite stiff through my thoracic as well. So I think it's just a combination of those factors. Um, yeah, so that was good. Got through, I think we did about 35Ks or so that day, 34Ks maybe. Um, and I pulled up okay. I was, I was pretty fatigued after it, but um, not too bad the next day. So, yeah. And then, yeah, so Monday – just under 10 in the morning and then I think I did seven on the treadmill. I forgot to calibrate it so it says I did more but I don't think I did. So that was a heat run and then Tuesday morning just 14K with some strides just at home. Uh, Tuesday Arvo, another seven on the treadmill in the heat. And then Wednesday we had a workout. So uh, we were going away from marathon pace this week and we did four by – seven minutes at 3.15, one-minute jog, one-minute hard, 90-seconds jog. So, yeah, God, running faster than marathon pace feels pretty horrible at this stage of the block. I don't know if you find that, Brady, but um, this was just Kieran and I. Will, Will, our training partners, hurt his back, so he had to sit this one out. But, yeah, we went – the seven-minute reps went 314, 13 – uh 11 13 and then the one minutes were 254 
307, and then 259. So they weren't a heap faster than the seven minutes, which, yeah, the one minutes felt awful trying to run really hard. Did you say 254 um, for the first one? Oh, just for a one minute, not a seven minute rep. Still, that's good going for one minute. That's like punching like a 69 on the track. Yeah, but it's not even a 400, like... Yeah, nine seconds yeah. short. It's still but even like that. But even that's three me going hard. Yeah, but even three fifteens or fourteens or thirteens, like for seven minutes, is like good, good running. Mm. Like you know, you you're fit. Like you're doing that. And it's not like you got a well, lot of time to recover. The... Yeah, this was the Chanel loop too, though. Oh, yeah. So we going where? Which way <laughs> we going? Be... Clockwise or anti-clockwise? No, we went. We went. Uh, we went anti-clockwise, which isn't as friendly. Yeah. Good. How many turns did yeah. you take in that one minute when you ran 254? Uh, I'll check. I reckon that was, you know how on one side of it you have a, let's see, where's laps? One side of it. Yeah, you'd be able to get a straight, straight run. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so the 254, I had the big bend at the end. Oh, yeah. So, so that's probably so two pretty right angle to, Yeah, two right angles. Yeah. Doing all the maths on this croaks. Yeah. <laughs> Only because <laughs> yeah, I got I... shit for running fast there when I was like, it wasn't that fast. The GPS is generous. Yeah. Yeah. The GPS is a bit. I don't think it's that, like, it's definitely a little bit generous. It's not as bad as the crit track in Geelong where we used to do sessions. I reckon that's worse. Well, the industrial um, estate. Hey, Brady. Yeah, Malama. <laughs> made, made some mistakes there myself. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, that was a good session. Glad to get that done and not have to run that fast again. And then that afternoon, I just did elliptical. Uh, the next morning, just over 10Ks again at home. And then in the afternoon, another heat run, so 7Ks on the treddy. Uh, Friday morning, I had 18Ks over hills. Um, so I just ran with Jordan one of our friends who lives in Mogs, which is the town beside Aries. And we just, we did a pretty hilly loop, actually. We went up, um, oh, I don't know if you guys have heard us talk about Gentle Annie, but we went up a track that sort of goes up over that hill. Like, I think we climbed three or 400 metres in 18 Ks, and it's sort of all in the middle of the run. But that was quite fun. And then uh, afternoon, last heat run, that was a good feeling. So just 7K again on the treadmill in the shipping container uh and then saturday morning i was in melbourne on saturday so i just ran along the yarra um 16ks ran into richie and pat who i coach which was was quite social actually i first of all ran into one of my friends from uni and then another kilometer down the road i ran into those two so ran the second half of the run with them which was nice and then sunday we had uh a shorter long run, but we had a 14K tempo in the middle. So, yeah, 27.5K all up, but 14K. And, again, I like the goal was just goal marathon pace. So uh, we ran 322s for the 14K. And we had, like, Matt Gunther was jumping in and out between our group and then Julian um, and then a couple of other girls out there, like Kareen, the girl from Melbourne, and Elise 
Beacom and other girl from Torquay, they were doing similar sort of marathon sessions around there as well. So that was good, but it was it was pretty warm on Sunday. So yeah, we it was beautiful and cool when we started, and then by the end it was really heating up. So um, that was a good one to tick off because we often do this two weeks out from a marathon, sort of somewhere between 10 and 14 k's at marathon pace, and it's you know how it's just nice spending a, an extended period of time to see what it feels like once you get a little bit fatigued because often I reckon, you know, five or six Ks at marathon pace, you can get away with it without, yeah, I don't know, without uh, just getting that sort of fatigue in your legs towards the end that you might experience in the race. So, And even mentally, yeah. even mentally you can get through those shorter reps, whereas when you're out there for like close to an hour and you, you know, holding that same pace, it becomes a bit mental as well. Yeah, yeah, it does. You almost have to practice the switching off part thing that you do at the start of the marathon as well, just to get in, find your rhythm and then try and switch off and just, you're like, it's amazing once you've run sort of 4Ks or so at that pace, how your body just continues without having to think too much about it. So, um, yeah, that was good. I felt I felt quite good on, on Sunday. So uh, I think it was about 145 for the week. Um, and, yeah, no issues touch wood so now i've just got to get through taper unscathed she's fit brady she's fit how did you feel at the end of it ali the 14k at marathon uh, pace gold marathon pace yeah i felt all right yeah i felt um i felt it got a little hard during the middle but i think we actually ran a bit we were running a little bit faster at one point through the middle there and then we kind of relaxed back off so I felt yeah I felt pretty good like I could have kept I don't know how long I could have kept running at that pace for but I wasn't like gassed when we stopped but you know 14k is very different to 42 so yeah Yeah. it it scares me a bit that pace um still like it's not like I'm jogging or holding back but uh yeah I mean I've felt like that before in these sessions you know two weeks out from a marathon running slower than this so yeah, that's a good sign, I think. I think it's okay to feel like not super good in that one as well because you're hitting it with so much fatigue. Like people can mentally talk themselves out of it if they get to the end of that workout two or three weeks out and it's just like, how am I going to hold that for 42K? But you've still got a taper to go. Like your legs will get fresh yeah. as. Like, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. But you never ever and do a... Like, I... Oh, sorry, you go. Sorry, you go, Brad. No, no, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, like you never ever do a marathon specific session feeling like you could do 42k at that pace like any time during training nah nah no you shouldn't you shouldn't even those like 30ks you know what i mean like you never finish that gun shit i reckon i had another 12k in me yeah you got to factor in all the yeah it's it's in a training week fitness you know all that other stuff yeah adrenaline for a race yeah yeah no, I'm just so excited for the cool weather as well. Like, I think that's going to feel really nice, you know, running these paces in hopefully six or seven degrees compared to, you know, 21, 22. But we'll see. It's going to be amazing. Have you thought too much about, um, like, layering up on the start line? Because I'm concerned I'm going to get too uh, cold. Nah. You know, we get like you in. Uh, I just know like Biwa just hammered rain for the warm up and on the start line. I just remember being like frozen when the gun went and felt like it was so hard to warm up. So I'm like this year, I'm like, what layers can I put on to be able to like strip off in the first five k of that race? 
Yeah, I reckon that's where arm warmers and gloves are yep. ideal. Beanie as well, I reckon, on the start line and ditch it if you have to. Beanie? Yep. Yeah. I might even go yeah, like Yuki, Des Linden, like jacket on for the first couple of Ks and then unzip <laughs> that, throw it. Only if it's raining though, yeah? Yeah, it depends. I've got a couple of light jackets, we'll see. It's not much of us, Ali. you got to keep warm. <laughs> I don't feel the cold, I'll be right. Yeah, Did I ever... Speaking of Yuki and like staying warm, so my first ever marathon was in Nagano and Yuki won that race. And I remember there must have been like an out and back section. And at 25K, him and the other, I don't know, four or five guys that were in the lead pack were still wearing their garbage bag, like poncho thing um, to, to keep them warm, even at like 25K in the race because it was it was snowing. I thought that was like hilarious that here, the, here these guys are like, some of the best in the world, and they're still wearing, like, the garbage bag while they're racing. It was bizarre. I that would don't... be terrible aerodynamic. Liam did yeah. at B1 that same year. I reckon he ran in the garbage bag for the first 10 or 15K. I'm not yeah. sure why I actually brought up Yuki because he was one of the ones who didn't do it at Boston. Mm. He was in the singlet from the gun, I reckon, whereas everybody else had the jackets and stuff on. Mm-hmm. But good to know, Croaks, that yeah. you did do it when you made your marathon debut at Nagano. Yeah, yep. I think that day at Boston, it was like whatever, I don't know what it was, Fahrenheit, but I think it was like zero degrees, sleet, and 40-mile-an-hour winds or something. So that would be like that's horrible. I think it would be very unlikely that it will be that cold. How's the confidence, Ali, two weeks out? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm confident in what we've done. I feel like we've done everything we could have. Um, it's just still like – what I'm trying to run is so unknown. Like, I just don't know if I can do it or not. So I'm basically just, I feel good about what we've done and I'm, you know, ready. I feel ready to give it a crack, but I just, I really have no no idea how it's going to go. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer? Yeah. It's a bit of unknown there, but you're confident you're getting to the start line. I think you and Moose have done well, both of you guys, to get to the start line. Like a very aggressive training approach. Um, and touch wood, nothing happens between now and race day. But from a conditioning point of view, you've kind of done everything you can to give yourself the best opportunity. Yeah, I think so. We've definitely taken more, like our sessions have been harder than ever before. We haven't taken big mileage risks, mm. either of us. It's been, that's probably almost been slightly lower, but I think I've done the heat and the cross training to make up for that. And it's just, yeah, like coming off an injury, I think this was as hard as I could have gone without getting another injury so yeah so that's good I feel I feel really and that's an that's the like for me that's the best thing the best feeling I can have standing on a start line if I'm if training's gone well and I'm really you know confident with what we've done that seems to be when I then have had my best races so yeah it's good do you let um like it's at that stage now where other people are kind of making predictions and stuff as well? And I was going to use it for a whisper later on down in the show, but there's been things that have come across my desk about certain people are putting times on what you're going to run and is she going to hit this time? Yes or no? Like, do you just block all that out this far out from the race, or like how much attention do you pay, or use it for motivation and stuff like that? No, I like it. I especially like people saying that I can't do it. Um, yeah, which I've heard rumours of, of that as well. And that is good fuel for me. Like Julian actually uses that to try and roll me up before races quite regularly. Um, <laughs> things like that. But he just <laughs> makes like it that, up. Like, telling me that 
<laughs> yeah, he just makes it up or tells me that he thinks someone's going to beat me or that he thinks they're fitter than me or whatever. Um, so, no, I, I like that. Like, I don't – you don't uh, – you know, I think it can be dangerous if you've got, you know, people saying to you, um, like, giving you unrealistic really realistic things like, oh, you could run this something amazing that you know is out of your reach. But, no, I definitely like – um, people saying that they don't think I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's good. So, and you're not yeah. not the kind of person to f- with either. Like I was talking when I heard this come through the message group the other day, I was like, you know, she's from like this. Her family comes from this farm in Colburn Abbey. Like these are tough people, <laughs> and don't want to get on the wrong side of these kind of people. You saw a bit of it at World Cross Country. Like uh-huh. you, you do, you do sound super friendly and stuff, and you are a friendly yeah. person. But when you're in a race. Like, if anyone was at World Cross Country in Bathurst and, like, saw you, what was coming out of your eyes, like, you can go to the well and you can destroy some people, which I think is going to happen in two weeks' time. So those people uh, saying that Ali's not going to do it, <laughs> off. I reckon she is going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> You've just improved her time by a minute. Well, just certain facts. She's yeah. fast over 10K, half marathon, best at the world, champs, cross country. Just got to execute in 11 days' time. Yeah, thanks, Brady. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the thing with the marathon is, you know, there's so much that can go wrong. So that's always, like, you know, that's always a possibility. But if you do everything you can to get there um, as fit as possible, then, yeah, if I can, like, the big thing I'm worried about in the next two weeks is getting sick. So I'm basically going to be a hermit between now and when I leave. Um, so, yeah, I'll I'll be giving it a good crack anyway i don't really have an option but to try and run a time that i'll need to try and get in that top three so yeah that's the goal and i'm ready to have a crack at it any news about like pace groups and stuff yet from the race Nah, i haven't heard anything often you don't hear until the technical meeting the day before yeah sometimes there's whispers around the track but yeah that will be really interesting because um last year the women were around well lisa ran 223 and she came fourth and i reckon the lady who won was 221 or 222 so i think they pasted it around 222 223 pace um but yeah this year i'm not sure what the plans are i think there's a girl who's run 219 maybe in the field um there is but yeah yeah so whether she wants like sub 220 pace i'm obviously not going to be going with that but i'm hoping there's maybe two pace groups for the women. Like the women's elite field is much smaller than the men's, so there may only be one group. But, like, I I mean, if there's not a pace group that suits me, that's fine. I've got, you know, Will and Kieran, who I've done this whole block with, we'll we'll run together. Uh, Regardless, we've kind of got our race plan, and if it works with a pace group, that's great. If it doesn't, we'll just do our own thing. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be people around us. Yeah, it was like 400 people under 226, I think. There's going to be a lot of people in that pack. Yeah, wow. And probably if not, it might How be many... a better thing having four or five people that you know, two or three people that you know, and a couple of hanger-oners instead of being in a pack of 50 people with the second women's pack and everyone trying to hang on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, often the like the lead women's pack too also often ends up attracting lots of guys just because they know it's going to be an even pace, so... We'll see. But do you know how many how many pace groups they had for the men's previously? Nah. I'd be only, I'm not looking at that because that'd be only super quick. But I think Moose was like yeah. ranked, ranked like 104th or something with his 214. So it's deep. 
Yeah, wow. There'll be a lot of people there. Hey, um, another thing I was thinking about, like the new shoes must give you confidence. Like it feels like, I've, Crokes will talk probably more about in his uh, weekly recap, but I put them on last week just for some strides, moves that the running company Geelong looked after me and sent me a pair. And I must admit, I think it's probably the first New Balance pair of shoes that's like a contender to think about race day. Like, and whereas, yeah, I'm not having a crack at New Balance here, but you would have raced in shoes that I probably wouldn't have looked at for my um, first or second choice to run a marathon in, whereas it feels like with this version they've caught up. Yeah, these ones, like I, as soon as I got the my first pair, I put them on for strides as well and immediately I felt like, well, these are a few seconds faster than the previous ones. Just they're, they're very different. Like to me they feel, I, I mean, I haven't, I don't really like I haven't worn the other shoes, so I can't really compare that compared to the previous models. They just, they feel a lot faster. They feel more aggressive. They're a little bit firmer, which I like as well, because I don't like really soft shoes. Um, and yeah, I just straight away, I felt like they were a lot better. And the first couple of workouts in them that I did, I thought, yeah, no, these are, these are really good. So I, I am excited to race in them. I've probably got used to them now because I've been wearing them so much, but um yeah, that's something I hadn't really thought about. That's like yeah, a an extra couple of little seconds. advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because was your PB? Were you with New Balance when you ran your PB back at um? That was Nagoya, wasn't it? Two thousand nineteen. Yeah, no, I actually wasn't. So I was wearing four percent that day. Um, the original ones. Yeah. And then I was signed with New Balance just after that. So when I ran my half PB, I was wearing the New Balance TC, which was like their first kind of hybrid training racing shoe. Um, and then I ran New York in the RC ones, which was their first, like, I guess technically their first super shoe, um, which was, you guys remember that one? That was, it was a green re- one. Fairly low stack. Yeah, the green one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now my PB wasn't, but I think, yeah, half PB, 10K PB were in New Balance and – yeah. You're I run, think, what did yeah, you run at New York again? Remind us of the time. Uh, 227 low. Yeah. So on that course was probably more impressive than your PB, do you think? I, I think that was equivalent to faster than my PB, yeah. Yeah. So once you're in the shoe. So, yeah. yeah. So, and I, like, I, liked those, I liked those shoes when they came out. I just, they were probably, they were more like a racing flat, I would say. Yeah. So yeah. I did used to get a little bit beat up from them whereas each time they've got a bit chunkier um and then they've kind of been trying to balance weight versus because the first ones were really light but then you know there wasn't enough sole to them so then they kind of added a bit more with the rc2s but they were a bit heavier but i I did i did like that shoe i think i ran tokyo in them uh the sapporo the olympics um so i didn't get to race a lot in them because that was through covid where there wasn't much happening and then, yeah, I wore the SC version three for London earlier this uh, last year, sorry. And then, yeah, the SC fours I'll wear for um, Osaka. So, yeah, I'm excited to wear them. These so, are my favourite ones. Something yeah. in this croaks. Yeah, I, well, I, I wore them straight out of the box on Friday for my session. So, and definitely the. Um, well, definitely the best shoe, racing shoe that I've worn from New Balance and probably the most comfortable racing shoe from any brand I've ever worn. So yeah. um, I'll 
chat about that. Yeah, they're comfy, aren't they? Mm, they are very comfortable. These people writing her off who yeah. just listen to that, they're like, hang on, she's ran 227 <laughs> in a non-pretty much super shoe at New York Marathon. That's a, we're talking well, no, two, we're, it, was a, it was a super shoe. No, it not, a, no, not it the same it's category. Not the same category, no. As what other people are racing in these days. Like, like I, that, or um, like a next percent. First, Did yeah, Sinead like run the first, next percent that day? Sorry, what did you did say? Did Sinead run in the next percent that day or was Alpha Fly out then? In New York? Yeah. Uh, uh, Sinead? No, I reckon she's always worn next percent. She maybe only wore Alpha Flies for – or did she even wear them in Valencia? She always liked the next percent better, I think. Um, so she would have been wearing next percent in yeah. New York. So the point I'm trying to make is I, reckon. I, I don't think that shoe you wore that day stacks up with a next percent. But I think this new one, I, don't, I haven't done work it in it yet, but my first impressions are I think it would. So we're down to about, two, we're down to about 223, 224 at Osaka, just off that. <laughs> just off my maths. We'll see. We can, we can predict all we want, but yeah. <laughs> we're nearly there. I've got to do it on the day. Yeah. Krogs, tell us about your week. Um, all right. So I kicked off on Tuesday. Uh, just one of those sort of bread and butter sessions, eight by three minutes off one minute sort of walking rest. So we pretty much walk the first 40, 45 seconds and then just go into a bit of a shuffle for the last sort of 15 seconds. Uh, weather was all right. It was just a bit humid, um, but I loved this session. It was like, I think my fastest rep was 310 pace. My slowest was 314. Um, felt like I could have done a few more of these. And, and I think like this is the stuff that gets you fit without really like banging you up too bad. So for me, it's probably 10K pace, I suppose. Um, but when you're doing it off a minute, complete rest, um, yeah, you recover pretty well. So I was happy with how that one went. Um, and I think I've been saying like a few of my sessions recently have been probably a bit too high intensity. So I feel like this stuff um, is sort of what I need a little bit more of. Uh, and then Wednesday, uh, yeah, out at Mulligan's, listen to Road to Osaka. And, uh, yeah, I did right here. I got a little bit of a giggle when in that first hour when Moose and Reese were chatting about, I guess, their training. And Moose, you know, openly admitted that he's an advocate for, like, fast long runs. Um, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, down here at the surf coast, we'll, like, do Tuesday session, Friday session. And then, yeah, we really sort of get rolling on the Sunday long run over the hills and, um, yeah, after even giving me shit for the last six years, I, uh, I quite enjoyed that. Um, but I, I do agree with it. I think there's, I think there's something in that. Uh, yes, yeah, so I did 90 minutes, 414s. Boys went deep, didn't they, for that first 60 did. minutes? I was like, when are we starting a weekly recap here? <laughs> what that yeah, no, it was good. I actually yeah. thought that was hilarious, the yeah. little rogue combo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Moose was worried that he's like, oh, I've only got one person here. I've got to keep the conversation going. And they just got into this deep stuff, which was so good. <laughs> Marcus, yeah. in your comments though, here croaks. Moose is a flog. I'm like, Moose is a lot of things, but not a flog, Marcus. I'll stick up for him there. He's a good bloke, but yes, yeah, Marcus has harsh, come off the top it? rope there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two people liked it and agreed with him, but yeah, um, it's not a flog. He's a good bloke. Yeah, I probably should have deleted that comment. <laughs> Maybe come to a different country um, yes, and doesn't understand no, what it, flog, flog means in this uh, in this context. Um. Yeah, so then Thursday after work, I um, went down to Yerby. So been doing a fair bit of riding with Lily over, like, the school holidays. And, like, she's not pretty good on the bike. Like, we'll, we'll ride to Viv's work, which is, I don't know, five or six K away, and then ride home and yeah, have a few breaks along the way. And I thought, oh, 
she's probably okay to, to ride with me around Yerriby Pond because it's completely flat. So um, I just had 30 minutes sort of on the schedule. So we went down there and, um, yeah, rolled around sort of 4.11s for 30 minutes and she was able to – well, she was in front of me for most of it because she, you know, was like, oh, this is a race. Come on, why, why are you so slow, Dad? Um, so, uh, yeah, that was that was fun actually. Like first time sort of out with your kid when she's on a bike. Like it was – yeah, it was great. I, I loved it. Um, probably ran a bit faster than that, I would have if I yeah, – yeah. If I'd run I run just say, by myself. Yeah, trying to keep out of there. Well, especially like I've been at work all day, and first K, like I, I know I normally run pretty quick anyway, but like first K was like four sixteen, uh, and it only goes from, you know, it only goes one way from there. I think there's like a four oh five, maybe the second or third K in. Um, but yeah, that was really fun. This then, is just wholesome on, content. Don't move on too quick, Crocs. Oh, Seeing yeah. kids, kids on Instagram, I had a crack at a few weeks ago, but this is what I mean. We need more of this stuff. How many pictures of Lily do you see on, um, not on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Strava Alley? This is a real rare treat for Crocs' yeah, followers that when you see this, you go, oh, this melts my heart. Good work. Just you know when to do I it, Crocs. I love it too. This is just melting my heart watching this. This is a very special day for you and your family, Bradley. Yep. Thanks, Brady. Well, for me, like, I don't post. Piggy's old enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. Give, her, give her some gels and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I don't post a lot on Instagram or Facebook, and so I felt like this was just a good opportunity to sort of document it. Like, like oh, okay, like, if I ever want to go, oh, little, like, when did you first sort of come for a ride with me when I was running? And, like, we'll definitely do more of this. I think I'll sort of turn this into my regular sort of Thursday, like, after she finishes school, we'll go down and do, um, yeah, an easy easy ride or run around the um, – around the pond and maybe just, you know, slowly increase the distance of it. Um, but she had, yeah, had a great time. Special um, moment, I love it. Shout out, well, shout out to Viv as well because Viv sort of came, because I wasn't sure how she'd go. So I'm like, Viv, just want to come down in case she, because it's about 4K around. So I thought, you know, if she cracks it after one lap, at least Viv's there to look after her while I do the next sort of 15 minutes. Um, yeah, so shout out to Viv for coming down, but she was fine for the whole 30. Uh, and then, yeah, Friday morning, because we've sort of split now, like, Canberra Marathon's, what, eight weeks away. So um, the guys and girls that are training for Canberra now are starting to do sort of different stuff to the rest of the group. And so Zach, who I've been doing most of my sessions with, he's training for Canberra. So he had his first sort of intro to marathon sort of session. Um, It was a three by 5K off a three-minute jog. So I was in two minds. It's like, do I just go and do my own session, which would have been like a 30-minute sort of tempo with some fart leg thrown in. But I'm like, you know what? I've been doing a lot of higher intensity stuff. I feel like three by 5K off three minutes, Joel, it's not getting to the close to the fire from like, you know, you need to be super marathon fit to do it. And also from a coaching point of view, I just wanted to see how, like trying to work out what his marathon pace is, just to see how he was feeling. Like we think, you know, sub sort of two, we can get him in sub sort of 230 shape. So we just wanted to see what that felt like. So I jumped in with um, jumped in with him, and yeah, this was the first time I, I wore the Super Comp Elite version four. Um, they arrived like on the Thursday, so shout out to Jules and Bree. Um, yeah, put them on and love them. Like as I said before, like definitely the most comfortable racing shoe I've had. I think major, mainly because they're so. Um, they're so stable, Ellie. That's the thing I loved about them, whereas I've had some of the other shoes on where I just feel really sort of unstable, particularly in the mornings when I'm maybe not moving quite as well. Um, and for me, like, I was, I was rolling sort of 327s to 328s for, like, all of the 5K reps, and it just felt so smooth at that. So, um, yeah, session went 
1721 for the first 5k 1716 1713 so that's all sort of between 327 328 k pace the jogs were 350 k pace um so average 329s for uh, just over 16 and a half took like a gel before we started and took one halfway through the the, uh, the second 5k rep so i was really happy with how that session went i think like i'm definitely not marathon fit i could probably have done one more um but yeah it was it was nice night well, actually it was really fun because i've been doing so much quicker stuff that when you drop back to like roughly marathon pace you're like man this session feels so so fun um so sort of made me want to get back into a bit of marathon training again yeah marathon sessions are fun aren't they they are especially once i find the middle like the first rep you're always like oh i've still got like so much running to go am i sort of in the right effort um and then i find once you get the first rep out of the way the second rep generally feels like the best um and then obviously the longer the session goes and it becomes like a little bit more of a grind but it was a perfect day like if if you got this these weather conditions on race day you'd be very happy it was probably like 11 degrees no wind like very low humidity um that was perfect uh still gold coast croaks is that the one at the back of your mind uh no it's not but i speaking of booked flights for gold coast i've already booked because of all the the debacle last year with flights being cancelled on friday and saturday i'm actually going up on wednesday this year um got super cheap flights to go up on wednesday so viv gave me the leave pass so yep all booked um viv's not coming bring viv bring her up as well no we had that issue a couple of years ago where it was just like the kids were it just wasn't that much fun no i liked what moose said um about was it he reckons he's not traveling until they're five i reckon five's a good age yeah just leave them at home the the gold coast you can gold coast is pretty easy with kids isn't it yeah it's all right but like we found a couple of years ago it's like every because because they're at an age where everything we do at home or everything we yeah basically they're too young to go to all of like the theme parks and stuff like that so it's like well Everything we're doing right here on the Gold Coast, we could just do at home. Yeah, you just go to local playgrounds yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah it did rain for like four days straight as well. It did, yeah. But when they're a bit old, uh, it's like, okay, we can go to, you know, all the theme parks and, yeah, you know, do a bit more stuff. Hey, just uh, on the Gold Coast, I had a meeting about it the other day. You can't swim in an outdoor pool in July. In, uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. If you go to the Gold Coast, just keep that um, Sunday afternoon free. Big things locked in the other day. Can't say too much now. You might know about it, Croaks, but there's some. There's going to be some good stuff happening at the Gold Coast. Yep, looking forward to it. That's why you're booking your flights early. Uh, yep. If I miss my flight again on Sunday, I'll be there, Brady. <laughs> no, no, fly back Monday. <laughs> hey, you might be at the Olympics yeah. or something. You might not be there. But, yeah, don't book a flight for Sunday afternoon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I won't. Or well, if I do, I'll get there on time. <laughs> um yeah so then saturday um because i because the friday session was so long so you know it was a three and a half k warm-up 16 and a half k and a couple of k cool down and my you know my cap's about 100k it meant saturday didn't need to be a very long run oh actually the other thing I, I yeah so when i finished that session on friday i had no pain whatsoever running and then literally two minutes after i stopped i felt the side of my hip and i'm like it feels like I've gone to town with the massage gun in the side of my hip and it was like super tender to like touch. And it's actually still quite tender to touch, but it doesn't hurt at all when I run. Um, I've got a feeling it's probably some like 
glute-made, tendony type stuff. But, it, yeah, it was really bizarre yeah. because there was no no sensation, no awareness, anything when I was running. And then as soon as I finished, I'm like, why is my hip sort of touch? Um, but anyway, ran Saturday. Um, the glute, almost... the glute maids probably hadn't done a 16 and a half K session for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> fatigued. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, went out Saturday. I was on an R It's like, oh, I should, should I take the day off? But yeah, I had no, I couldn't, once again, couldn't feel anything when I was running, uh, average four fifteens for 35 minutes. And then, yeah, Sunday we had a, um, pretty good group again. It's like seven of us or so. Um, I did two hours, four twelves. Um, and that was a week of 104 K. Good week. So, yep. when, when's the doctor this week? Yeah. Wednesday, fly down Wednesday morning, fly back Wednesday night and Ooh, do some testing in, in between. Yeah. Hopefully so some good news hopefully, there. uh, yeah, hopefully everything looks normal when I do this max test and, um, I get the okay to, I don't know, like do a little bit more. Back up to 160. <laughs> yeah. So what right. will you, if they, yeah, what will you do if they say, yeah, you can increase it? What's your uh, probably no, go Ballarat like, Marathon? Just waiting? Ballarat Marathon, no. Um, probably sit at 120 to 130 for like a good chunk of time. And so the only real change for me would be probably running every day instead of six days a week. Um, increasing a few of my like 35 minute runs to an hour, uh, possibly like one double. Um, but I think 120 to 130 would get me like really fit over sort of all distances, you know, other than the marathon. Um, but then at some point, hopefully start like a bit more of a marathon specific block. If they say all good Wednesday, will you just go down, just go down a park run this Saturday and just blast one? I will. I do want to do, yeah, I do want to do a 5k in the next like month like i'm just going to wait till the weather cools down a bit just oh, yeah. so it's a bit more of a true reflection of where i'm at because then that'll also help me just with sort of gauging some training paces especially if i'm going to mm. go back to being a bit more of that conservative sort of norwegian you know six minute reps at 60 minute pace and three minute reps sort of four to five seconds a k faster so um i think you know having a better idea of where i'm at which like i don't know i reckon i'd probably be fifth like Probably just under 15, somewhere between 15 and 15.30, I'm guessing. Get your mate to like 25.30k of Canberra Marathon. No, nah, I'm on drinks duties. I, oh, I'm yeah. a few athlete, so I always hand out the drinks at Canberra. Yeah, can't yeah. favour one athlete either. Nah, that's right. But no, everything's tracking well. What about something like Sydney 10? Oh, yeah, Sydney 10, definitely. Like if I um, yeah get the okay to start racing, that would definitely be on the calendar. Which I think it's a bit later this year. It used to be like first weekend in May, but I think they've got that. Uh, used to be the Sydney Morning Herald half. That used to be late May, and Sydney Ten was at the start. But the um, that half marathon now, which I don't know if it's Hoka half. Um, yeah, that's is. now like that's like the first weekend in May. So I think they've pushed Sydney Ten back to to late May. I'll whistle uh, through this week. That's that's on the calendar, Ellie, for sure. Ready for this, Crokes? Yep. Monday, nice and easy, 8K in the morning, 7K in the afternoon, just off the back of that uh, bigger workout and the car trip home from Albert Park on the uh, Sunday. Tuesday, 16K in the morning, 8K in the afternoon, easy. Uh, Wednesday, I had the same thing as you, you, Ali. I want to do something a bit quicker, make marathon pace feel a bit easier, um, just sharpen up a bit. That was the purpose for me on Wednesday, so I met up with Archie. And we did 12 by 800 meters off 60 seconds walk. It was good having a walk recovery. I don't think, maybe other than the one, 
Yeah, the only other time I've done this is when I was down with Moose doing those 3K reps. I think everything else has been like jog or float. So 60 seconds still goes pretty fast off some um, 800s. We worked into it, started around like 304, 305 pace, and then kind of cut it down as we went. Um, we went 227, 27, 25, 28, 23, 24, 22, 21. That's where I got dropped by Archie in that one, I reckon. And then 2018, 19, 15. It was good. I also also wanted in a straight road too. I like just I think it was pretty accurate. We just kind of did, yeah, three down a straight road, turn around, went back up again. Um, I also wanted to, like, it's good train with Archie because he's like a 29-minute low guy, probably half my age. So, like, it was good to get dropped and actually have to dig pretty deep to hang on. Like, I feel with a lot of the marathon stuff we've been doing, it's, um, it's very much controlled. And especially when you're doing a lot of stuff solo, no one's dropping you. So, um, yeah, it was good to kind of practice that mental stuff. Like, I, I often, like, count, like, when I'm, you know, getting dropped and just trying to hang on and just, like, yeah, count to 10, start again, count to 10, stuff like that that I haven't been doing in workouts to kind of practice. So, yeah, that was a fun workout. I haven't run that fast in, um, yeah, a few weeks or a few months probably. In the afternoon, did 7K on the treadmill. Uh, Thursday, 70 minutes in the morning and then 7K in the afternoon on the treadmill again. It's been pretty hot up here, so a lot of treadmill doubles are this week. Friday morning, 22K in the morning at 3.59s. Um, then Saturday was when I did the strides in those new shoes, which I liked. Um, so yeah, that was... I know it's always fun putting on new shoes and seeing how they go. Uh, seven game the treadmill Saturday night as well. And then Sunday, met up with Archie again. We did about 20K at 3.55 pace. And then I changed into the Alpha Fly 3s. And I did three no 4K, 3K, 2K, 1K. And I had two minutes jog between the 4 and the 3K and the 3 and the 2K, and then 90 seconds jog between the 2K and the 1K at the end there. Um, it's funny, these workouts, what? like, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, what were you, yeah, going into it, what were you thinking you wanted the pace or effort or whatever to be? I wanted to run, like, my goal marathon pace, which I think is, like, going to be, like, that 3.17, 3.18, and I just got rolling, like, a bit quicker and then just kind of, like, <laughs> kept it there. Um, so it was kind you of like, didn't do a single K at that. Yeah, no. I was like, I actually got to the two K, and I'm like, you know what? Just nail both these ones at three seventeen and practice like a running that pace. But I went, yeah, about three thirteen, three fourteen for most of them, and then I, I ran three oh six for the last K. Um, I felt pretty I good reckon, though. Even my, I reckon you, my sorry, Brad, I reckon your marathon pace is faster. So it's interesting because I reckon Moose would Moose would say that his marathon pace is probably quicker than three seventeen. It's like he's probably thinking more three fifteen, three sixteen based on the pace that he's been doing. Well, like he's fourteen k on the weekend, and you're saying that you're yeah. Can I say though, Brad? Before that fourteen k, he told us he was going to run three nineteens. Okay. And practice locking into marathon pace, and I bet him a slab that he wouldn't Good run three nineteen because yeah. I knew that he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't. He ran three sixteens, but I, uh, yeah, I reckon it did, that's more like. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting because there was a listener question that came in ages ago, and it was um I will I maybe find it for a bit later, but it was directed at me basically saying, "Will Brady and Julian like run together?" And so like. Do you reckon that your goal marathon pace for Osaka is pretty much identical? You're talking about a guy who has had a lot of success over the marathon distance and a guy who has found it 
extremely challenging, even though he often goes into marathons in pretty good fitness. So like, I want to squash that like head to head thing straight away because he's in a completely different league of me and I fully respect what he's done over the distance in the past. I think our general fitness is in a very similar spot. I won't be running, if I'm running with him, I'll be running about two steps behind him because he doesn't like people. I've annoyed him a bit when I've been doing workouts with him recently, so I want to get out of his way. But he's very, very smart as well as in the way he's going to pace it and the way he'll progress it. So it could be a perfect opportunity for me to get a ride with someone I know pretty well and someone who's pretty smart um, and who's going to execute a pretty good race on race day. So what do you think your range would be in terms of what's the fastest you'd go through half and what's the slowest you'd go through half? And that's the thing, like our goals are so different. Like I, if I go to Osaka and run 219.30, that's a, that's a huge win for me. Like it's, it's, I think I can go quicker and I still think that breakthrough is there, but to run a PB is something that I'm, especially because I haven't ran that fast since 2019, I think. Like it's been a long time since I dipped under 220 and I've only ever done it once. Um, Whereas you I, reckon you you reckon you'd be stoked with two nineteen thirty? Like I know it's Matt, a P, I know, I know what, it's a PB, I know, and but I know, I know you, what and I know, I know you need to be happy. But yeah. I, I I personally think that you're better than that. I do as like, well, but I know what happens if if you don't run a PB. Like I've had some terrible experiences where it's like you got to dig really deep to finish, and you're bleeding like twenty seconds a k over the last five k. Yeah. So it's like that's I'll be happy. I wouldn't be content with that still being my PB for the rest of my life. Yeah. It'd be a step okay. in the right direction. But I think Valencia taught me that, you know, 68 low is too hot. Um, I remember when I did Melbourne and we went through like 70, what's like six, 70, 10. What's 68 low? Sorry. What's 68 low for um Pace-wise. Like, yeah, pace. You know, I think it was like 312s, 313s. It was probably just a bit too hot. At the time I oh, felt yeah. good because I was I was around 65 not, not long before it. So I was like three minutes slower my best and felt fine. But... Obviously, the legs broke down from like 36, 37K onwards and I had to just get to the finish line. So I think, you know, somewhere around 69, 10, 69, 20, set you up if you're going all right to bring it home and put a 218 next to your name. If not, still gives me breathing space to maybe slow a bit and run 219.30 and come home with a PB. Mm -hmm. So somewhere around that. So that's like 318 pace. Yeah, 317, 318. I think, you know... Anywhere between 1625, 1630 for 5Kers, um, I should be very comfortable at. And, yeah, just hope the legs are there and the mind in the back half. Well, in the back half, I'm really probably just talking the last 10K, really. Like, yeah, I think I could get to yeah. 30K at that pace, 32K at that pace without, um, yeah, being a massive over achievement of my fitness or anything like that. It should be fairly simple to execute, get the nutrition in, all that kind of stuff. Be interesting to see whether the gym work um, has helped. Yeah, and the hills early in the block as well. Yeah, like I did seven weeks of really yeah. long runs before I went into the marathon block. So, yeah, time will tell. I reckon that's going to be the key for you. I reckon that will have conditioned you for that last bit. And yeah. then I also think with the training you've done, three eighteen, three seventeen, three eighteen is going to feel good. Oh, and like and Sunday, this was, like, it was twenty two degrees and eighteen k an hour winds. Like, it was not ideal running. It was 22 degrees when we started, I think. So, or maybe 20. But it would have yeah, definitely been, like, I was just thinking, if I can run this, you know, 315 pace, pretty comfortable. My heart rate just getting over 160 in 22 degrees and win solo. I'm like, put me in 5 degrees and with a pack, 317 should feel pretty good. What's so, your threshold heart rate? Don't know that, to be honest. I haven't been in the lab for a long time. But, yeah, 
I, I started that's pretty low. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hit one seventy that day with those three Kers with Moose. That last one, I think I got up to like one seventy two. Um, oh, but you were running three minute pace. Yeah, I was running ten seconds. I was running two fifty twos. I think Ali, if we're going by GPS data, yeah. but yeah. So yeah, I must get in the lab. Might be the next next build up. Get some data. But that was one hundred sixty four k. Let's taper time. Let's get to some news, Croaks. Yeah, it was good. Looking forward. To, I don't know. Feel like I think one thing I've done well this build up as well is recovered better. Like it's been perfect with the school holidays that I've just been able to, um, yeah, just you know be working from home like with my legs up on the couch and then just not have that stress of being on my feet for eight or nine hours a day and just trying to like eat more and be hydrated and little things like that. So it's been ideal when you're on holidays. This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by On. Confidence boosted, the new Cloud Runner 2. The legend leveled up. With more support, more comfort and more cushioning for more fun on every run. For professional athletes and new runners alike, our Helium Super Foam is a game changer. The upgraded midsole provides softer cushioning and higher energy return, plus CloudTech cushioning to absorb impact, so you can keep racking up the miles with confidence. From toe to heel, each element of the Cloud Runner 2 is designed to support your foot during movement. A plush tongue means total comfort and easy step in, while a durable heel clip helps to lock in extra stability and support. Visit on.com or your specialty running store to grab your pair today. Patrons, Crokes, let's thank some. Uh, yep, so I've got Liam Ryan this week. Uh, I've been coaching Liam since the end of 2018. Uh, he lives in Canberra. Uh, yeah, he came to me after he ran like 3.10 in Melbourne and he wanted to sort of get under three hours. Uh, his marathon PB now is 2.39, which he set in Canberra oh, in uh, 2022. Um, he's also run 16.33 at last year's Stromlo 5K, 34.40 at the 2022 Canberra Times 10K and 75 minutes at the 2021 Western Creek Half. Uh, works for ACT Health, uh, big Carlton fan, and he's building back after having surgery on his ankle to fix an old footy injury and i reckon brady you met him after your pacing gig um in sydney i reckon you may have got a photo with you okay yeah at the finish line do you know where no i think no i think it was when uh, near sort of um centennial park and stuff when you pulled out oh yeah yeah took alice to get back to the finish line that day (laughs) hey that's some good coaching from you come to you want to break three hours runs 239 yeah, but it was one of those one, it was one of those guys. I think it was his first marathon, and I looked at his training, and it's like you know, barely ran over two hours, and it's you know those those yeah. sort of you look at it and I go, got I can to work with you. Yeah, yeah, and then um, you know, he, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, and then he sort of just progressed. Like he went and did New York and and ran under three there, and yeah, just slowly progressed over what three years or so. Yeah, good on you. Liam. And hopefully, hopefully, like two thirty nine in Canberra is worth a few minutes somewhere else. So. Big year coming yeah. up for his footy team as well, Carlton. They should win the mm. flag. Big hopes on them. Ali, yeah. who are you thinking? Go Blue. Uh, I'm thanking Hugh Lacey from Fairfield in Victoria. So he's run 16.02 at the Richmond Harriers 5K, 33.13 Albert Park 10K, and 2.40 at the Gold Coast Marathon in 2022. Uh, store Operations Director at Aldi. Mm. So Hugh is a run-strong athlete coached by Blake Hose, and he's a bit of a regular at Surf Coast Track Club runs. So he comes down to Anglesey quite a lot uh, on the weekends and runs with us, and he is a great bloke, Hugh. Couldn't meet a nicer guy. 
And that's his job. Like Coach, I think he might be store operations Mm. director at Aldi, but that's his official title. Yeah, I don't know the exact. I don't know the exact title, but I know that he uh, works at Aldi and wears a suit. (laughs) Big dog at Aldi. So he's got a he's got a good job at Aldi. Yeah. Yeah, uh, good Aldi. good stalking from me then, hey? Have you guys tasted that <laughs> yeah, new beer well. they've got? Aldi-like IPA, where they did that collaboration with Moondog. Is it Moondog? Not Moondog, Brewdog up in Queensland. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I think it started with like a Twitter back and forth and then they end up like creating a beer together. They've got this, yeah, it's cheap. It it's good? like a craft beer, yeah. It's like 12 bucks for a four-pack, but it's really good. Oh, wow. I reckon Hugh be putting a few when of those down. When life is over, I'll try one. Ask him to yeah, drop a few four-packs down next time you see him when, he's, when you're running down there. <laughs> I'm going to thank uh, Mitchell Dixon. He's from Penrith. According to Strava, these are his best times, 5K 17.39, which came during last year's Thurlmere Huff and Puff race. He's also ran 38.58 for 10K at the recent Sun Run over the hills there. So that's pretty solid. 89 minutes for the half at uh, Sydney Marathon Clinic Race in 2022 and 3.26 for his one and only marathon, which was Sydney last year. Looks like a pretty smooth mover, according to his Strava photos, and we're pretty sure he may be in the defence force. So thanks, Mitchell, for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. Hugh, Liam... Uh, all the Patreon supporters over there, if this show brings you value, you can support us for as little as $5 a month. I reckon the content we put out last week was worth 5 bucks a month, don't you, Croaks? Reese yeah, and Moose a... for one yeah. hour, talking deep in training. We've got Christian from Norway explaining the whole Norwegian training model, which we had to sit through twice because my computer <laughs> shut itself. you got Ali Pashley, <laughs> potentially a two-time Olympian, on the show this week for an hour and a half. We're going to talk about all these things. So if you think it's worth five bucks a month, the content we put out there every month, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. Keeps the lights on, keeps us being able to do cool projects and um, yeah, keeps us going week in, week out, which has been now for 328 weeks. Let's go to running news. Ali, you're kicking us off. Vic Miles Club, do you love it as much as your uh, coach does? Tune into this stuff. Well, I actually do. I, I miss this one, but I often watch Vic Miles Club and I I think, I don't know, we're still saying it on the podcast, but I get a lot of enjoyment out of watching the K races and some of the stuff you see going on there. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it means I don't have too much going on in my life, but I'll happily sit there with Vic Miler's club on the TV for eight hours straight. Um, So the Vic Mile champs happened last week. Luke Burrows took the win in 4.07.09. Daniel Williams was second, 4.07.82, so pretty close there. Riley Bryce, third, 408. And then in the women's race, Melissa Duncan, another win for her. So 443. Lucy Cleveland, 453. And Eleanor Benson in third with 455. And the New South Wales 5K champs also happened on Saturday night in Sydney, I believe, was it? Yeah, it was at the warm up track at Homebush. Homebush, yeah, cool. A bit wet. So I heard it was a bit warm it. and. Mm warm and windy um a guy that i coach was running and he said it was yeah pretty tough conditions but in the women's race jenny blundell took the win in 1540 so we haven't probably heard mm-hmm. much from jenny mm-hmm. for a while so good to see her back paige campbell i think has also been maybe struggling with injuries but she's obviously back too i think she's been training up at perisher 1544 and gabrielle schmidt in third with 1623 i've got a feeling she's queensland is she a junior 
Yeah, junior oh, Queenslander. Queenslander as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the men's race, Ethan Wyatt-Smith took the win in 14.19.3. Stefan Music was second in 14.19.7. And Connor Latouf was third in 14.20. So well done to all those guys. Croaks, why are we putting this on the same night as the Adelaide Invitational? I didn't even know it was on. Can't have a state yeah. meet on the same night as a national meet. Yeah, I don't know though. Like, but like, who does they come different audiences? First? But when That's... you're trying to attract eyeballs, was there a live stream? No, oh, no. no so the way that the New South Wales, because I saw a few people commenting, going, "Oh, why isn't there a live stream anymore?" But their system's pretty good. Where within five minutes of the race finishing, there's like a video. Like there's the race splits for every person and you can watch the whole replay of the video, which, you know, it's it's maybe not the same as watching something live, but we're talking, it's, you know, within a couple of minutes. So I guess if you could maybe just cover up the results and then just click on the video and watch that before you see the results, it's, it's, you know, pretty, pretty close. You would think if they have the capacity to do that, it must be very close to being able to live stream it. Yeah, I'm not sure. If I think you've got the equipment there, you're taping it, and you can get it up on the internet in five minutes. Yeah, I saw something from out live. Matt Whitbread, though, said that it definitely was more labour-intensive uh, having a live stream element versus having this uploaded within, like, a few minutes of the race finishing. Has it got commentary on the uploaded one? Yeah, yeah, it did. It had, like, yeah, the, ground, okay. the ground commentary. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Maybe it's just, um, like, bandwidth. Yeah, well, if you click on that link there, Brady, that I on the show notes, that'll show you the how the, the setup. Yeah, I will check that out. Before I move yeah. on to the Adelaide Invitational news, Kipchoge, Kipchoge has uh, put something on his Instagram. I am deeply saddened by the tragic passing of the marathon world record holder and rising star Calvin Kipton, an athlete who had his whole life ahead of him to achieve incredible greatness. I offer my deepest condolences to his young family. May God comfort you during your this trying time. So good to see him come out mm. with that statement. Mm. But people in the comments yeah. are uh, going pretty yeah. hard on him. You never congratulated him, now you do. Like, yeah, the first five or six comments here. It took you forever to give the young champ mm. his flowers when he was still alive. A few hours to send your condolences. Cringe. Yeah, people getting into him there. But anyway, um, that's the internet world. Adelaide Invitational, this was I Saturday mean, night. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, Al, you want it's something to Well, it's not Kipchoge's responsibility to be, you know, posting that. No. No. Sending condolences, like that's just a mm. nice thing that he's done, but he yep. didn't have to do that. Yep, Adelaide Invitational. This happened Saturday night. Good uh, channel seven two mate, something like that. It's good to be able to just click on the app seven on the plus TV, seven plus mm. to be able to watch this. Had to remember my signing details because I probably haven't signed into mm. that for a few years. But we got there. Um, Bruce McAvaney on the mic, Jess Denson on the ground. Dave Colbert, you could hardly hear the whole coverage because it was like his microphone wasn't plugged in. You have the same issues that you're in, Crux. Uh, I definitely noticed that Bruce was, yeah, significantly louder um, than what Dave was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, These steeples, tell me what you think about these steeples. Uh, Women go first, five in it, five finishes. Uh, Cara Fan Ryan, she got the win, 7.42. Nearly... Sorry, nine nine forty two. Sorry, nine forty two. Yeah, that'd be that'd be like a massive world record. I'm gonna say, I was thinking <laughs> that was pretty quick. It was it was a meat record though, I reckon. Um, yeah, it was. Stella yeah. Radford was second in seven in nine forty nine, and Brayal Erbacher was third in ten oh seven. Ed Trippis got the win eight thirty two. He looked good too. He put in a huge move with six hundred meters to go. I reckon he could have went quicker than that. I reckon he could have ran eight twenty seven, eight twenty five on the night if it was um. 
a bit faster paced and he maybe made his move a bit earlier. There was an Ethiopian in the field. He was second. Gurafe Adunwa. He ran 8.40. Liam Cashin from Victoria was third. And there were only three finishes. Matthew Clark, the uh, hometown hero from Adelaide, pulled out. And there was another fella in the field as well who also pulled out. So I'm watching this at home Saturday night. It's like prime Netflix time. These races, steeples go for a long time. Like you, you're committing to like 10 minutes. So two races, 20 minutes. And you're looking at a field with uh, five finishes and three finishes. I was just like, mm. is this a bit of a waste of time having these? I know they've got to run the steeples somewhere. But I thought maybe it could have been a 3K flat or a 5K flat and just, just fill the fields a lot easier than seeing three people finish in a, this is a big meet, national meet. Thoughts? It's what? probably good for them to get um, points. Points, yeah. Like, yeah, I know. But sad way yeah. to get them, a bit of a cheap way Especially to get them, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if there's a rule on how many people have to be in the race for you to Yeah, good thinking. Points. The, uh, so that was kind of... Yes. wonder why Matt Clark DNF'd. Did he hurt himself or something? No, he just seemed to like walk off the track. He did a bit of like leading early on. And um, yeah, he didn't look that comfortable. And then, yeah, just, just pulled out. So you'd have to check that mm. points thing because, yeah, you think finishing fourth would have still been some decent points. Do you reckon but, the steeple... Like in, in 15 years' time, do you reckon the steeple will still be around? Uh, yes. I think the Olympics saves it and the world champs save it. But yeah. it's dying a slow death in Australia, isn't it? In smaller like, countries, like I find it hard to get into, like largely because yeah, there's not that many in the field. Um, the the lap splits don't mean much to me because they're not running. You know, it's it's yeah, more or less it's, it's more or less than four hundred, depending on where the water jump is. Um, yeah, but like you're really excited that. about it at the Olympics. It's one of the most exciting uh, events to watch, I find, globally, but just not in Australia. Yeah, even then, it's like. Uh, take take it or leave it. The okay. steeple, yeah. Sean Sean Crichton won't like me saying yeah, that. Yeah, you mate, Sean Crichton will hate that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to think. What's his Australian record? Like yeah, eight sixteen. Sixteen. Mm. Like he's putting a bit of time into these fellas, running. Um, yeah, eight thirty two. Fifteen hundred medals was good. Cam Myers, your boy croaks up there in Canberra, three thirty four point five five. Jesse Hunt from the On Athletics Club was second in 335.7. Jai Edwards was third in 336.2. He is a very, very impressive racer, Cam Myers Bradley. His move from 400 metres to go to 200 metres to go just blew the whole race apart. I didn't put a stopwatch on it, but I reckon that was quicker than his final 200 metres. When that guy got rolling, he got rolling, and no one could even get close to him. Um, so, so impressive. The way he does it, it's, it doesn't even look like he really changes stride much. No. You know, like it, it's not like as a real. Yes, he's picked up the pace, but it doesn't. It looks real subtle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like super impressive. And I tell you what, I cannot wait for the Mori Plant Mile because you've got Cam Myers. We'll chat about Peyton Craig in a minute. So you've got two youngsters who are absolutely killing it versus two seasoned professionals in Stewie and Jake Whiteman. It's it's going to be so good. He's got more to come too. Like that, like when Edwards went to the front, I'm going to say oh, maybe like 700 out to, to 450 metres out. Like it looked like it slowed quite significantly. Mm. And like if that was still going quick, I reckon he could have ran 332, 333. Don't, don't sleep on Jai either. Like he's only been – he had surgery in, I'm going to say – Oh, September on his Achilles. Mm. Um, oh, he's so, got time, doesn't he? Give, give him another couple of months, and he's just going to get 
faster and faster as well. Yeah, it's going to be. Well, easy. he's going pretty well. Three thirty-six. Yeah, first up. Months after Achilles surgery. Yeah, yeah. Adelaide. Like, when do people ever want to run quick in Adelaide? Yeah, yeah. So, not known for fast times. Um, the women's talking about impressive juniors. Claudia Hollingsworth, four oh four, under twenty Australian record. Um, Woody Skyring, she was second in four oh seven. There was an Ethiopian here as well, Aeneas Meb Raitu. She was third in four oh eight. Claudia's the same. She just—it's not until you look at the other people around her do you realise she's putting a kick on. Um, weird race. Woody Skyring kind of went crazy. hard with like four hundred and thirty meters to go, and then looked like she was yeah, battling with like two hundred and fifty meters to go. So she just kind of got her move a bit wrong there. But Claudia, or Claudia, so, so impressive the way she powers away. I think she'll break four minutes this season as well mm-hmm. when she gets challenged. Yeah, um, with how easy she made that look, mm. you think, God, she's surely got, if she had, like, you know, Abby or Lyndon or Jess or someone just in front of her, yeah. there's no doubt she could get, yeah, a few seconds off that pretty easily, I reckon. And before Morty took the lead... Claudia was already in the lead. So, like, I think if she can get a sit with a Lyndon or a Jess Hull or someone like that until, yeah, 250 metres to go and then just go all out, she's going to run pretty fast. Um, she's also yeah, an action the Teenagers too. are killing it. Yeah, yeah, teenagers. Buy some stock in some of these teenagers. I'll tell you about another one in the 800 metres. Peyton Craig, talking about him. No one's mentioned him in the last um, six years of this show until three weeks ago. Now we're talking about him every week. He ran another under-20 Australian record. He ran a 145.4, and he beat a whole lot of good 800-metre runners. Joey Deng was there. Joe, like, compare their last 200 metres. Mm. Peyton got away from him. Joey Deng, I think, come in like 149 or something like that. Yeah, so he put, put four seconds in yeah, on him, 200 metres. Um, James Preston was a bit out in front, and then, yeah, Peyton Craig pulled him in. He was second in 145.5. Jack Lunn was third, 146.6. This guy's a beast. I oh. He has some beastly instincts that you just can't mm. teach people. He's got some real mongrel in him, this kid. When we were talking yep. about Ali before at the World Cross Country Champs, Crooks, this is stuff you cannot teach. He probably comes off a farm himself. I'm not sure what his background is, but he has got some grit about him, this boy, and he is going to cause some damage in the years to come as well. Thoughts? 100%, 100% Brady. Like, yeah, he is a true – like, he's just a true racer. It doesn't matter – Who's in front of him? He finds a way to get past them just before the finish line. Because it looked with 80 to go, it's like, oh, the gap's probably a bit too much. And then it doesn't look pretty, but he, as you said, he's just got that mongrel and that fight and that you know competitive instinct that he's like, I'm not going to let that guy in front of me, front of me beat me. And that's why I also can't wait because you know you look something like Cam Myers, like he's a great racer, and then you put these two together. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be be good on Thursday night. Women's eight. So how old's Peyton? Uh, I think he's a year older than Cam, so he must be like eighteen. I think he's just oh, oh wow. yeah, I think he just missed out on qualifying for World Juniors, Peyton. No, yeah. didn't this count as a qualifier? No, uh, I don't. Still under twenty. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he's qualified for. Uh, I'll I'll find out what his what his age is. Tarby won't be happening. You don't know these. Won't be happy. You don't know these stats, Croaks. Yeah, I got a I got a feeling he just missed out. But anyway, I thought I read something. He's that yeah. He's eighteen. Yeah, so um, he'd be well under he's under twenty, isn't it? World Juniors. Yeah, he'll be he'll be nineteen in March. Yeah, it's kind of right. Now the women's eight. This was the the race of the meet. Everyone was thinking. 
Um, it was loaded. Abby Caldwell, she made it look pretty easy in the end, considering how loaded this field was. Wasn't super fast. Maybe we were expecting a bit quicker. She ran 2 flat point eight. Bindiri Aboya was second. She ran 202.5. Lyndon Hall third at 202.5 as well. Um, but Abby, yeah, she streaked him here. She, um, yeah, kind of a massive win in a, in a space of, in an 800 meter race, I guess. I was expecting it to be way tight, closer, but I think a few rust busters for a few people. Did this guys live yeah. up to, were you thinking the same? Were you like, come on, this is going to be a great race. And then it kind of like, Abby just brained him flop. Yeah. I mean, I, I think two flats pretty f- good for the first race of the season. Like, I think we're getting a bit used to the sub twos, but you know, it wasn't that long ago that no one had, oh, you know, no one had broken yeah. two for years and years. So I thought, yeah, she just looked, she looked awesome. She looked like she did that easily. She and did, didn't she? Beating, yeah, Bandiri, Lyndon, Katrina Bissett was in it, Morgan oh, Mitchell. Yeah. Like, that was a strong, strong field, and she just smoked them. So, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Like, it'll be so good to see what she does this year, I reckon, Abby. Yeah. And interesting, like, you know, obviously – 1500 seems to be maybe her preference these days but like she's still a bloody good 800 meter runner so it'll be interesting to see the direction those girls all go i'm also really excited to see what bendirio boyer can do like maybe not this season but under underneath craig Mottram, um because just with her pure 400 meter speed plus just her build i feel like if she can just develop a little bit of aerobic capacity um, she's going to run a, a super fast 800. Um, so I, I think she's one to watch definitely over the next six months if, if she can just get a little bit stronger. Um, because I watched her race Cat Bissett in the 400 uh, in Canberra and like Bendiri was so far in front and we're talking like, like of the, the national 800 metre record holder. So it's like if you can just develop a little bit of aerobic conditioning, um, you'd think, you know, she can run 155, 156 off what she's run for, for yeah. uh, 400. So, um, and yeah, you're right about Peyton. He, he will qualify. It was, um, it was Ben Thomas I was thinking about that just missed out on qualifying for World Juniors from an age perspective. That 400-800 conversion doesn't always work, though. Like, no, it doesn't. It's not as simple as that, is it? No, it's not. And, and as I said, like... Yeah, the, the proviso here is that Bendiri does, you know, just get aerobically stronger. Which um, you'd think that's the direction Mottram would have, like, he'd just default to. That's how he's going to coach. Yeah, because I heard somewhere that she's, you know, up to, like, 90-minute long runs. Um, oh, really? Which that's, yeah, like, I don't know whether that's true. I, I That was my, my whisper for the week. Good whisper, um, Chris. But if that's true, like, mm. that is going to develop some strength. Um, you know, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine, uh, like, Cat Bissett does 90-minute long runs. I think I th- no, there are many 800 meter runners. Lyndon Hall does, doesn't she? I think. Yeah, she would. Yeah, exactly. She's a 1500. Yeah, she's a 1500 meter runner. Exactly. And gets dropped Lyndon, by him every right. Sunday. <laughs> they roll like four minute capers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Neil Rose Games, Craig. Did you watch this before work? No, I did, and I just saw all the results. So we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago with the fields that you know in the two mile, Josh Kerr was going to have a crack at the world record, um, and he did break that world record um indoors or short course i uh, ran eight flat point six seven which uh the old record was 803 held by mo farah grant fisher was second in 803 uh, and cole hocker was third in 805 um geordie beamish finished fourth in 805.73 which was a national record for new zealand and morgan mcdonald 
broke the Aussie uh, record, running 8.12. So um, some good results there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you thought, Brady? Yeah, I was just, I'm just um, Beamish, George Beamish, just looking at him. He just seems mm. to getting better and better, doesn't he? Like him and yeah. Morgan I had in the same category, but he's starting to put a bit of time into Morgan. What's that, seven seconds? How far off this was going to be my Brady on the loose for later on? I'll go with it now, though. But why do we have to have indoor, which is now called short track, and outdoor world records? Can we just have this is the world record? This is the fastest yeah. a human has ran two miles. Because I actually I still don't like know. But is So Josh yeah, Kerr's world like record, is that just the short course or is that the fastest ever? No, no. So um, Jakob ran like 750 mid, maybe 750 something. Remember, he broke the world record outdoors. Well, now you say it, I kind of remember. But I saw was... that when I woke up this morning, I saw that like it's everywhere, world record Josh Kerr. And I was like, mm. oh, cool, Josh Kerr's broken the world record. But because it's a weird distance, two miles well, and then they do this indoor, outdoor stuff, I'm like, is that the actual? Like, I am the biggest runner nerd ever, and I'm getting confused. Yeah. So, like, I, explain that to the general public. I broke, broke the world record, but someone is actually in this world run quicker than that world record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, like, it's kind of different, though, indoor. Like, there's banked tracks, they're all different lengths. Like, I actually kind of understand. I just think probably it gets a bit ridiculous when you have records for distances like two miles as yeah. well, mm-hmm. indoor and outdoor. Like, I, yeah, you've got to get it though with the history sort of... of two miles and miles. But yeah, it yeah. gets confusing because you're trying to remember all these records and you can't store more in your brain, and it just starts getting confusing. Yeah. So Jakob ran seven fifty four point one zero, which broke um, Daniel Komen's record right. of seven fifty eight point six. Which, like, you know, so this is the third fastest time ever by Josh, like any any two mile, which is pretty good because. For a long time, everyone thought that that two-mile record by Daniel Coleman was, like, untouchable at 7.58.6. So, so. Beamish was only two seconds off Craig Mottram's Oceana two-mile record, which he set outside. So, uh, yeah. if we've got this whole, like, it's harder indoors, it's probably better run than Mottram's. Yeah, so Mottram's run 803.5 and Beamish, yeah, was 805.73. Yeah. Um, but so Beamish, I think so when he's... Not, I don't know that it's necessarily harder indoors. Like, you look at the BU track... And all the fast, like people go there to try and get a 5k Olympic qualifier yeah. because it's so fast. Kyle Robinson's faster indoors and outdoors. We well, guarantee good weather too. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't that your argument yeah. there, Ali, that it's harder indoors? That's why we need separate records. Well, no, I don't necessarily think it's harder. I just think it's different and all the tracks are so different. And they've, they're not like, you know how an outdoor track is just a flat 400 meters, like there's no. I guess sometimes the bends are a little bit sharper, aren't they? But like, I feel like indoor tracks, it's there's so much more variation. Does that make sense? Hmm. Basically, I, I don't really know why anyone cares about the indoor records, but yeah. yeah. So you reckon we just cut indoor records? You can't get a record on that track. Well, the best well, is so basic and boring. But then I guess you can you can get a qualifier indoor. Yeah. So, which yeah. So I don't know. So have I talked you into it? One set of records. Uh, I don't know. Our sport's don't so know. boring and basic <laughs> as it is. Why do we need to then make it confusing as well? But Josh Kerr is yeah. good, is good right. for the sport. He said he was going to win anyway. this, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. World record. We, you know, was after the world record. Got it. Um, See him want to make want to make a mile. So in the women's, uh, Ellie Saint Pierre. Um, you remember last week, Jess Hull got the better of her. 
Um, but yeah, the the places were switched this time around. So Ellie got the win there, four sixteen point four one, which was a US record. Uh, Jess broke she just her had own. A baby too. Yeah, was that like what? Eight, yeah, so within the last year or so. Less than less than a year, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, yeah, Jess four nineteen zero three, which uh, yeah took about five seconds off her own Australian record. Um, and Susan Ijori from Kenya ran four twenty, which was a Kenyan um, national record. In the men's, Yared Nagus three forty seven. Hobbs Kessler, second, 348. George Mills, third in 348. High. Uh, Adam Fogg, uh, some Aussies will, will sort of remember that name. Uh, he finished fourth in 349. So he's uh, on the improve every sort of race, it seems. And Aussie Adam Spencer finished sixth in 352. Jess Hart, indoor records now four seconds slower than an outdoor record. For those people playing indoor, outdoor records at home, four <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, breaks we... a new national record every week. Yeah, uh, mate, I hope they've got like causes in their contract that every time you break a national record, you get paid. They probably do. Yeah, would <laughs> they? I don't know. You know this stuff, Ali? Would they, they have it in there? Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, yeah. So she's I just think like contract would. So like she'll get dropped down to do the one k record indoor, outdoor, good paydays. Mm, and Brady, right. this is. This is going to confuse you now because so you mentioned about Kai. So Kai Robinson won a three thousand meter indoor race in seven thirty six point six nine. It was the second fastest three thousand meter performance in collegiate history. Um, in the collegiate record books, only Drew Bosley has gone faster in three thirty six point four two. Though it also should be said that Robinson's mark came on an oversized three hundred meter track at Washington, which means it won't officially stay in the record books. Because it's 300 <laughs> metres, not 200 metres. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, that's silly, that's isn't it? So, yeah, that's going to confuse you even more. Short, it's too long of a short track. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. But it's, it's still 3,000 metres. Yeah. Look, unless yeah, you're running yeah, around exactly the Chanel loop in Torquay, it should be counted, I reckon. I think the main thing is we, we <laughs> hey, know... That, leave the Chanel loop. <laughs> we know that Kai's in shape. If he's running 736, like, remember, we're talking about, you know... Stewie's broken 7.30 a few times, but, you know, it's not that far off. Um, and then, yeah, another Aussie record went down. Jack Anstey broke the 1,000-metre uh, short track record, running 216.95 in Boston. Um, for those playing the indoor, outdoor, short course, long course um, record, <laughs> the outdoor record is held by Jeff Risley in 216.09, set in 2014. So we've just read out four Australian records <laughs> that aren't even the quickest an Australian has ran that distance in, correct? Uh, yeah, none of, correct. Them, none of them were quicker than Australian records. My yeah. point stands. Get rid of the, Just have one set of records. Stop confusing people. Yeah. Drug news, Crokes. This is big. This is really yeah, big. Yeah, this is big. So Mo Katir, uh, he's been suspended for whereabouts rule violation. So he hasn't tested positive to drugs. It's just that he's dodged the um, drug testers on multiple occasions. So I think it's basically <laughs> three strikes and then you're suspended. So um, he said the suspension, which you'll appeal, stems from an administrative issue. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how this one plays out, but it's not looking good for Mo. And, um, yeah, there's probably been a few whispers uh, around the traps about Mo that his um, progression was maybe a bit too rapid. He won't <laughs> get that turned around. 
Will he in, in time? For, this is a slow process now for Mogatia. He won't get that turned around in time for the Olympics. Not sure how long that takes. You wouldn't think so. Did you see... Um... Depends how many of the courts it has to go through, probably. Yeah. I wonder what the administrative issue is. Yeah. The Guatemalan guy? Is it Louis Gerv? You know oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Gr- um, Gravelio. Gravelio. Yeah. Yeah. He put a good thing on his Instagram because he was fourth at the World Champs and Mokati was third. Um, he just said, you know... You know, we're, we've got high standards. We're meant to be at these places we say we're meant to be at. Because it's an hour window, isn't it, Ali? You have to give them an hour where you're going to be every day. Yeah, So exactly. it wasn't just and like they knocked on his door and he wasn't home. He'd said, this is where I'm going to be in this hour, and he hasn't been there three times. Yeah. Doesn't look well, good. Yeah. And like, like yeah. I'm not on whereabouts anymore, but I've been on whereabouts. I actually think maybe you could accidentally miss it once, but if you'd missed a test, surely you would then be so onto it. Like, oh. I don't know. I just Especially when it's, and, yeah, I think. it's your job. It's your job. This is how you make a living. Exactly. It's like, you, yeah, you need to be conscious of, yes, as you say, yeah, one, you go, okay, well, I've got two two up my sleeve. But even if you had the second one, after that, you are not leaving it to chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And obviously when you've got travel and stuff, sometimes it's tricky, but it's so easy to update your whereabouts. It's on an app. Like it's, and it, it become you know, like he would have been on whereabouts for years. He, he knows every day you have to make sure you've got that down pat. And I just, like, I think after watching, you know, that doco with the race walker, um, did you guys watch that? Oh, the Italian race it. walker? I haven't watched it yet though on Netflix. Yeah, you should watch it. Yeah. It's really good. But it just, it just makes you think all these whereabouts dodge, uh, violations are so dodgy because he was saying how they, like, would – use it when they knew they weren't going to test clean he'd either like say he was going to be somewhere where he wasn't or he'd if he thought testers might be on the way he'd change his whereabouts at the last minute to like a different country where he knew they wouldn't be able to reorganize it in time to get to him so say they he'd have it as italy and then he'd say oh no i'm actually in germany at this address but he'd do it in the last you know amount of time he could possibly change it or if he wasn't able to he would actually just um deliberately miss one and think well hopefully this doesn't happen three times if he knew he was going to test dirty mm. or whatever so it's just yeah i don't know like yeah why aren't you in the whereabouts anymore ellie like you're our top top finisher at world cross oh uh, yeah no i well i haven't i haven't really done that much since the olympics so i think i was on it up until i reckon Maybe when I was pregnant, I got cut or just after I had Tiggy and I haven't been, yeah, tested really since. So You wouldn't be complaining about yeah. that though, would you? Mm-hmm. It would be a bit of an inconvenience at times. Yeah, it was a bit like they, I didn't get tested a heap. They would, they would often come down here at 6am. Um, I mean, I, it would probably be a little bit annoying with a baby, <laughs> but yeah, no. It, I mean, yeah. I I never minded it because I was happy. Like, if they're testing me, they're testing other people. If, yeah. You know, I'd do whatever. Small I'd, inconvenience I'd for rules. Exactly. If they said to us, we're going to take away the window because you can't get tested between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. So that's, I reckon, how so many people cheat in that time with microdosing. If they said to me, we're going to change the window and we might come to your house at 3 a.m., I would still rather that than what it is now where people can get away with it so yeah i don't know i think well put yeah clean sport's important 
Um, some quick more doping news before we go to Barcelona half. The current trail running world champion, Stian Engermund, this weekend revealed that the bombshell news that he tested positive for a banned substance as well. After his OCC victory last August, he had a banned substance which was chlorothaladone. Um, I'm not sure what that does, but it was in his urine sample. Has come out and said it was... Um, uh, He's not sure how this happened. His life's completely fallen apart and he's going to fight the cases. So big news in the trail world, which I do know very little about. Um, he is from Norway, though. So, yeah, rare to hear doping news out of Norway. Barcelona half. So I just looked it up. Yeah. It's a diuretic. Um, so it reduces, yeah, so it basically makes you go to the toilet. So usually I think when people take diuretics, it masks it's... It. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. It's to get drugs out of your system. Yeah. Okay. So it says it's used to help lower blood pressure. So probably unlikely that he's got high blood pressure. <laughs> he won the titles but, in 2022 and 2023 as well, the trail running world titles. So we know that that world's getting bigger and bigger. Um, and yeah, he's been yeah, he's tested positive. Uh, Barcelona half last mm-hmm. bit of running news. Jocelyn Jepkozguy, she got the win, 64-29, which is the sixth fastest all time. Kibi what candy, not in his usual Adidas shoes. I reckon he was in one of those Chinese brands, Crokes. He got the win in the men's at 59-22. Chris O from Norway, last week's guest host. He uh, probably had a race he's not that happy with, 71-21. So the Norwegian model has not kicked in yet, but I reckon he'll keep grinding away, maybe a bit early for that to be working. And we'll see big things from him in 2024. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you'd be too happy. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a controversial one. Our DMs have been lighting up this week, Brady, about Parkrun. So thoughts on Parkrun no longer publishing course and age records as well as a list of first finishes and sub-17-minute men and sub-20-minute women. Thoughts, Brady? Thoughts, Ellie? Did you read? Do you want me to read what they come uh, out with, did? This is big, Crash. I know you're like that while we're talking about this, but this has been huge news in the running world. <laughs> huge news. Got this from the BBC. Parkrun says it's removed data such as speed records from its website to be less off-putting to new entrants. It will no longer publish data, including most first finishes, sub-17-minute men and sub-20-minute women, and age-grade and category records. Parkrun says it's working to find ways to remove barriers to registration and participation. Um, so that was the guts of it there. So I've lost my course record from a Chukamoa Park Run, guys, which I wasn't. My... <laughs> is, this, is this why you care about this? <laughs> well, I actually don't. My first, my first, my first instinct when I saw it was, I think, very similar to a lot of people's. I'm like, geez, Park Run's gone woke. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't offend anyone anymore without you know running fast and like, what's the world kind of come to? And then I did, I got a lot of that. Yesterday I put up just a thing on my own personal Instagram, like how are people feeling about this? Because I was kind of hearing contrasting opinions on it. Um, and a lot of people, I put a poll up as well. I think it was like 60%, 40%. People are like, yeah, we care about this, whereas 40% were like, could not care less. So this is important to people out there. Um, the messaging, though, is very much like parkrun is not a race um it's about that in trying to include as many people as possible i know the argument to that is well why do they time it why they hand out finishing finishing tokens things like that but i think if parkrun had their time again they were probably like why are we putting this stuff on our website in the first place and 
because it's so far from the direction and all their messaging that they come out with. Um, but then I think what's happened is people love the concept, love park run. They travel around in different places in the world to do park runs. They search for these A grade, age grades and these first finishes and things like that, that it's become a very big thing for some people. So to now take that away is where the controversy has hit home. So yeah, yeah but I can see why people are annoyed. Hey? Like, that's not what park runs about it, it was to try and get people running and exercising like that was the whole purpose of it a free event the times that people get is for their own you know oh I ran 27 minutes last week and this week I ran 26 30 it's like it, it's not supposed to be a race it's you know just getting individuals out there exercising so I think yeah like who cares and good on them and if you want to race go to a fun run or a race like park runs, not that's not what it's there for, and you can you know you can still do park runs and race the people around you or whatever, but you know if you want your name on the website, do a fun run. So by not celebrating, I guess the faster finishes, are they now excluding them in your opinion to try to include people who may be intim- intimidated to go to park run for the first time? So have they now well, maybe, gone to but, one market, and but now they're going to lose a whole other market. Yeah, but that wasn't their market that yeah. they were targeting originally. Like they didn't, they weren't, didn't want elite athletes or, you know, people who were there to race and run fast. Like that's not what it's about. So yeah, maybe they are. I mean, they're not excluding them. They can, they're still welcome to mm. go and do it. But those people don't need it. They've got races. They've got other stuff. The people that need parkrun are people that are too scared to go to a fun run because they don't feel comfortable or they're, you know, they've never run before and they want to just go and walk a 5K and gradually start jogging. Like that's that's the purpose of parkrun. It's like a a health um, initiative yeah, rather than... Health, community building. Yeah. Wellness. Competitive, yeah. I do think though that, I agree with you, I think parkrun would sit there and go, hey, this isn't our responsibility to be talking about records and fast finishes and stuff like that. That's that's athletics clubs, that's fun runs, that's road races. But I still think a lot of people would still fall into that boat where they maybe feel intimidated by athletics clubs or go into athletics track or entering a major race, especially people in regional towns, when they get that out of parkrun. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like people love it. People, are, it's like a cult sometimes at park run. There's still, yeah, I, still, still I think there's still, still get a gap. A time though, don't they? Yeah, they'll still get a time. Yeah, I just don't think. I think they're very much molded that to they think, or this is how they've got stuff out of park run, which is now going to disappear for them. I still think there's a gap between rocking up to, um, you know, the Tiger 5K at the athletics track or the Collingwood Classic or things like that for those oh, yeah. 19, 20-minute runners who want to be competitive. But what about those people? Why don't they go and do the 5K at Run for the Kids? Yeah, spot you on. Know, track, track obviously is – I completely understand how track is intimidating. Um, but there are so many fun runs with 5K and 10K events, and that is exactly what they're there for, people that, you know – I mean, they're there for beginner runners as well. But also, if you want to go and do a race, but you don't want to do the 10K or the half marathon or the marathon, then, yeah. And parkrun's still there for them. Like, they can still do it. And it's a free event. They're just event not going to get a course And by volunteers, so they can kind of do whatever they want. Like, if you don't want to rock exactly. up, it's not like you can tear up your membership. 
you're not dipping into yeah, your pocket exactly. to, to pay for that. Well, some people do make donations, I think. I saw some people have stopped doing their monthly donations to Parkrun out of outrage. Um, and oh, then, yeah. And then it's, it seems like huge in the UK with, I think I want to get all this right, and obviously there's some sensitivity around it, the trans issue with um, in Parkrun you can identify with whatever gender you like and then you can, I think there's three UK park runs where a female course record holder was held by a biological male who identifies as a female, um, which then people are trying to put two and two together and park runners have come out and said, no, these these plans were in the works for a long time. But then people start saying they're only taking these records away because they don't want to get into that whole um, political, which I'm sure political situation is that how the best describe it which they must be sitting there going well, how have we even got to this level like why are we in this conversation we're just trying to get people running 5k every saturday morning at 8 a.m yeah exactly and the whole trans issue in you know like high performance sport is quite different you know there's um mon- like it you know there's money up for grabs and it's the whole fairness issue, I guess, at that level has a slightly different meaning to the parkrun course record, do you think? Or Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think it's some stage croaks where they take the word run out of the <laughs> name? And Well, no, I'm not joking. And potentially, like, st- like, if you want to time yourself, time yourself. But, like, do they stop doing the handout, the finishing positions and, and the time? Like, to get oh. people moving up and down a 5K is the objective here. Are the times important? I still think they'll, I don't know, I still think they'll time. Like the whole thing I feel like is just a storm in a teacup. Like when it first came out and because I'm pretty impartial, like personally I've never been a massive fan of Park Run. And so when it first came out, I was very much of like the, oh, yeah, that's pretty like woke. Like who cares about, you know, publishing the first finisher or having course records. Like surely having sub 17 minute runners there is not going to intimidate people. And I think if you look at the results list of just about every park run, there's not that many fast runners at the park runs. Like the majority are just, you know, out there for a jog. And so I was just like, okay, it's it's overkill getting rid of it. But then the people that are kicking up a stink about them removing it, it's like, hang on a second, it's park run. The courses aren't even certified. Like if you're so worried about your performances there, like go and do some legit races. Um, and for years and years, I was so against park run because it's like most park runs, the courses are pretty crap. It's like if, like, for example, the one I do at Gungahlin, like they've got now this little 150-metre section where you run out, you do a U-turn and you come back. It's like if I want to go and test my fitness, I'm going to go down to Lake Burley Griffin where I can pretty much run in a straight line and not have to do so many U-turns. So, like, yeah, I just think, it's I, both sides. Oh, like I'm pretty impartial. I can see the arguments from both sides, but at the end of the day, it's just park run. Like, just move on. You can't just say it's just park run, Crocs. People <laughs> love true. park run. But you know what I mean? Like, the courses aren't even like, I do, not even but certified. That's, but those people it's, don't care about that. They just know it's the same track every week and they want to see how they stack up and what their percentage yeah. of age grade is and did yeah, they, they beat they, last year's time. They still, they still, they still get that, that yeah. though. If you go to results yeah, last weekend... All you need to do is is use search for your individual park run, and it has all of the result history from there. So Brady, when you're saying you don't have your course record anymore, I still you do. Do because, I? Yeah, because if you, if you go, how to, do you do it? If you go to if you go to event history, 
it'll show every single um it'll have the first male and first female on event history for the Achuka Moama and all you have to do is scroll down and find which is the fastest time so it's it's all still there and then when you click on the results from last weekend it still gives you your age percentage and you can still sort the results by um age percentage so it's all still there it's just that when you go onto their main website it doesn't have that um table where you click first finishes or sub 17 men sub 20 minute women oh yeah but so it doesn't all... tell you what your percentage is it just sorts yeah. it you know what i mean just um... puts it in order it doesn't actually tell you the but percentage. you know what your time is like can't you just go oh yeah my time was faster or slower than last week yeah like As I said, really, storm, yeah. storm, storm in the teacup. Blow over, you reckon? Yeah. Oh, I, just, it's, a couple I, weeks. I mean, Direct. the people, it's such a small percentage of people that, I know you said you you had 60, 40 or whatever, but you're probably, the majority of your followers are probably people that are running kind of fast at Parkrun, if you get what I mean. Mm. Like not the the vast majority, if you've got 200 people showing up and doing a Parkrun somewhere, if you did a survey there, my guess would be that 90% of them do not care about seeing the fastest finisher. So Brady, I'm on Gungahlin Parkrun from last weekend, and so if you're on the if you're on the yeah, results I'm, I'm page, yeah, yeah. So go far right. It's got de- so it's got detailed or compact. Oh yeah, compact. Go go detailed, and it tells you exactly what your age percentage is. Oh, there we go. Like it's all still there. It's very much as you're not going to be celebrated. We're not going to put it on the main landing page. Yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, like as I said, so nothing's really changed. You can still work out who has the course record. You can still get your age percentage every week. You can actually sort every week by age percentage if you want. Um, I, don't, I don't know why people are getting so hung up on it. Someone will probably like invent a new website that just yeah. like mirrors it but includes the other stuff. Especially for an event that's <laughs> they will. especially for an event that's not certified. I know Gungalan Park Runs had about three or four course changes in the last ten years. So you know the course has changed. So yeah. it's not the same anyway. I reckon Paddy Stowe started at the wrong spot when he equaled my course record. So he should have been <laughs> cut anyway. Uh, we're done. That's part of our conversation. Park Run and complain. People are starting petitions and stuff, Ali. <laughs> I had a mate who was in Melbourne doing a long run on the weekend and, like, people were coming up to him like, hey, you got to sign this petition. It's had X amount of signatures so far. We're going to get these results back on Parkrun. Like, it's, it's, oh, my God. It's a real do, you know what the bi- do you know what the biggest issue with Parkrun is? That you got you tripped go over there at the start line. And peop- yeah, and people yeah. don't self-seed. Yeah, I knew he's cracked. It's not, then, it's not a partial and, person and, to be talking about this stuff, Ali. He's got a hidden agenda because he got tripped over that one day. And then people day. get, people get <laughs> tripped over and fall because, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's more important. The safety of parkrun is more important than the results page. You don't think numbers Again, won't be impacted the, the next couple of weeks? parkrun isn't for people like you, Brad. <laughs> yeah, that's the big learning thing here, isn't it? It's just like, I've still got a black toenail and <laughs> still got scars on my arms. <laughs> They've created something and they're probably like, this isn't what we wanted to create. We're going to do a pivot, go in this kind of direction, make a tiny little change. But, yeah. yeah. All right. That was, listen, that was a listener question. Whispers we've spoken about. Stop slagging off Ali if you're out there running about her, what she's going to run at um, <laughs> Osaka. We've got ears everywhere on this show. Brady on the loose has happened. No, they... We'll slag her off more motivation. <laughs> you're the kind of people that person that yeah, keeps well... receipts too, Ali? 
you know. <laughs> Won't be getting on the phone after you run 2.22 and start making a few phone calls. I just remember things. I just remember what people have said. Yeah, good. Uh, nah. but, you know, these people, they might be right, so we can't really say anything until after the race. True. Proof of being the pudding. Croaks, what's coming up for you between now and next week? Uh, off to Melbourne on Wednesday for a um, yeah, bit of testing. You flying down and, or driving? Yeah, fly. No, fly. Fly down. Ali, what hey, are you true. doing between now and next good week? Good luck, Brad. Thank you. Uh, tapering. Yep, just a bit of running, staying away from sicknesses, and, yeah, just hanging out with Tiggy. When do you fly out? Uh, next Wednesday. Yep, still a bit of time then. Yeah. Business uh, class? Yeah. Be on business like Moose? No, no. No, I'm in economy. Is he going business? He's going business, yeah. <laughs> business. I did actually look the yep. other day how much it would cost to upgrade to business and it was about four thousand dollars. So I love that. That does, does not surprise idea. does not surprise me at all. Here's Ellie, like trying to make the Olympic team in cattle class, and there's Moose at the front of the plane. <laughs> don't go lipping off Moose's finances, Crokes. We've been getting shoes delivered like every second oh, no. day from Moose. So I don't know what's yeah. gotten into him, but I'm very thankful. It's Thanks to Bree as well. I think Moose gets all. Bree deserves a bit of a shout out. Yeah, I don't, even know, if, I don't know if Moose actually knows Bree. when they arrive until we thank him. Yeah. Free yeah, jewels at that store. Yeah. Uh, good luck, Ellie. Yeah, all the good best, Ellie. For the race. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'll see you over there, Brady. What day do you get there? Uh, Thursday night, I think I am. Fly throughout the day Thursday. Oh, yeah. I think leave Melbourne at like 6 or 7 yeah, a.m. Cool. or something like that. It should be good. Uh, Murray Plant Meets happening 7 plus Thursday night. I thought it was the mm-hmm. weekend for some reason. And then someone, oh, they were talking about it on that coverage last week. Yeah, it's Thursday. I was like, oh, it's yeah, going to come around pretty I like quick. Weeknight, weeknight athletics viewing. Yeah. Do you know what time it starts or anything? I hope my kids are in bed uh, by the time it's going to be like that sort of six o'clock. I reckon all the, yeah, I think a lot of the big races are later, like 7.30, 8, 8.30. So, yeah, I don't know what time your kids go to bed, but. Could be in trouble. Who wins that 15, Crocs? Oh. Anyone know how well Stewie's going at the moment? Don't know. He is actually a good one. You don't, you don't see 400 pictures of him on Instagram every day of the week, so it's hard to know how he's going. Like, it literally is so hard to pick a winner because it's like Cam looked like he's got more in the tank. Peyton Craig will just beat whoever's in front of him. And then what, what, Stewie's the been the... 334? Uh, indoor? Indoors? Yeah. Short, short track? <laughs> short track. Uh, so I'm going to pick know. Stewie. I feel like Stewie's still in another league to... I, don't, I mean, I know Jake Whiteman's a world champ, but in, to the like the those young guys are awesome. But I feel like Stewie's just still mm. that step above, isn't he? No, oh, like when's the last? He's been at Fourth Creek for like a month though, hasn't he? He wouldn't have ran on a track yeah. or done like top end speed stuff. I know but he's that like super matter fit. With him. He if he's not injured, he comes out of summers really quick without like really fit. I mean, without having necessarily done the specific track stuff. Yeah, to get Cam, Cam Myers is on his shoulder with 200 metres to go, though. Mm-hmm. Who wins? Oh, yeah, Cam Myers. Yeah. I just yeah, started. Pa- pa- or pa- pa- what if Peyton pa- Craig's still there with 145.4, 800 metre speed? Yeah, and he showed straight that's out of He's Stewie's not, not going to jog around and let those guys be with him with 200 metres to go. But that means, which spin, potentially helps those. But that means he's got to go. Though. He's got to go quicker than probably three thirty-two, three thirty-three to do that to him, though, because that's what they can do. Cam Myers has run three thirty-four, a bit of a slow gap. 
Yeah, but yeah, but Stewie knows. Like Jake Whiteman's the same. He's got a good kick, so Stewie's going to go into that race. And if he's fit, he's just going to go for it. So you think Stewie's going to run? He's going to go gun to tape three thirty-two. Well, it's a mile. Remember? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Why? So, Why is it a mile? Why don't we do a fifteen hundred? Because it's the John Landy mile. Oh, yeah, that's another um, thing. We, can we just do fifteen hundred or mile? Why are we going to do both of them? Get the history. In terms of time, Brady. Men's 800, it's like 6.30, and then the men's 5K is at 8.40. So last event's 8.40. Uh, men's mile is 8.20. Oh, yeah. Be a shit show at my place during the 800, but then it'll be pretty calm when, to the rest of them. When's the women's 5K? Because that'll be a good race too. Yeah, 7, 7.45, and the women's 800 is just before that at 7.35. So really, like, out, outside of the – so the men's 8's at 6.30, and then – from a distance point of view, you pretty much got nothing till 7.35. And then it's going to be good from 7.35 all the way through till close to 9 o'clock. I told you about my idea with the timetable, and didn't I? You just put all the like, races back to back? The about, distance ones? Yeah. Yeah. Just put them all back to back, half an hour, and then you can show the shot put, the long jump, and then people don't get angry in the Facebook comments about not seeing the pole vault. Like, just show it all. It's not a bad idea. Imagine that, turning your TV from 8 o'clock to 8.35 is all the distance races, and you just turn it off. Yeah, but often this, oh, I guess the program. Yeah, I like watching it all night. You guys are I weird how you just sit down it. there at South Coast watching track and field meets for like four hours. <laughs> you just have it on while you're like cooking dinner and pottering around and it's good. Tig loves it too. Yeah, rightio. Hey, um, big guest next week, Croaks. Big feeling. Going to the top. Pump. Some people say the biggest name in Australian distance running. You don't, say that while El- you don't say that while Ellie's still on. Ellie's the most popular name in Australian Brad. distance runner, but this this one's got a few extra. Medals. I know by now I'm the backup girl. All right? No, you're not. The I've, got your, I've got your back, Ellie. We've gone to you three times. You're the star of the show. You know who it is next week, Ellie. I'll, I'll give you the most popular. Right? Yeah, it would have been. I, I swear I sent you through what weeks you were on and the other guests as well. Biggest you know, name in Australian distance running. Yeah, I'd say right now. Maybe not right now. Most recognisable name in Australian distance running. Maybe. Marathon running? Female. You know who it is. You can literally just look through your oh, messages and see it there. Big name. I don't, anyway. know. Big I don't name. know. I don't know about that biggest. Oh, yeah, I don't know. With There's the a general... fair few big names in women's distance running. With the general public. Mm. Go down to your supermarket. Do a Julian. survey for me. Go down to your supermarket tomorrow, Croaks, and just ask people, show them photos and see which one comes back. Well, why don't, why don't you put up a survey after this episode, Brady, and say who's the most recognisable Australian female distance runner you know, in the public's eye and see who people vote for. Yeah, not in, your, not in our followers' eyes because they obviously know way more about sport than the general public. Might do a survey in the staff room on Thursday when I'm in at work. See what happens. All right, we're talking a bit of garbage here. Thanks, listeners, right. for tuning in. That's been a two-hour show. Uh, Road to Osaka tomorrow. I might even give you it now, Monday night on Patreon, everywhere on Saturday. I'm not sure what those guys are going to be talking about or who's their filling guest, um, if Rachel's there or not, but I reckon they'll be having similar conversations to us with the uh, Calvin Kipton news, obviously breaking a few hours ago. Thanks again, Ali. Thanks, Krogs. See you later. Good luck, Ali. No worries, Brady. Thanks, Brad. Bye. Special thanks to On for sponsoring this episode of the Inside Running Podcast, the new Cloud Runner 2 for no bad runs ever, with more support, more comfort and more cushioning for more fun on every run. 
For professional athletes and new runners alike, our Healin Superphone is a game changer. The upgraded midsole provides softer cushioning and higher energy return, plus cloud tech cushioning to absorb impact, so you can keep racking up the miles with confidence. Visit on.com or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today.